Welcome back to Yesterday Today. I'm Jake Westbrook, here's McLean, and it is our Halloween special. Actually, it's the final episode of Halloween month. It's felt like a long, yes. a long, hard, trying month, mainly because we couldn't come up with a name for Halloween month. Yeah, and um, unfortunately, we have not come up with a name for Halloween month. Uh, and seeing as this is the finale of our series, this is it's likely going to be known as Halloween month. For yeah, we got a whole year to work time. on uh, next year's Halloween month. So yeah, yeah, we should. It'll be fine. We should be prepared by then. In other news today, the landlord of the building on Halloween, uh, and apparently it's his tradition to uh, let trick or treaters run around the halls, knock on doors, get candy and whatnot. So we're prepared for that in Very case cute. any of them. Very wholesome. In case any of them drop by, have not actually seen any trick or treaters yet. I don't. It, it occurs to me now. I've never seen children in this entire neighborhood. So, you know, a little odd. Not exactly the type of neighborhood to raise a family in, if I'm being completely honest. It's not a bad neighborhood. It's just... I just haven't had hubcaps in a while now, ever since we moved into this building. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they were kind of gaudy anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But if any trick-or-treaters do show up, McLean's got a bowl of candy for him, so we'll be okay on that front. In the meantime... Uh, any other matters to attend to before we get started here? I believe we've taken care of everything on the agenda for the for today. We can get into the programs. For once, I, I think we're going to have some smooth sailing on Westboros today. No shenanigans, no, no interruptions. <laughs> Gotta stop saying stuff like that, Jake. Come on. I know. I really shoot myself in the foot, don't I? Sydney, I thought we were over this whole ghost thing of yours. You don't get over a possession, guys. Look, that whole uh, locking me in the closet, little little prank you pulled through, that little stunt, that was that was cute and all, you know. That was that was a <laughs> I got a good laugh out of that one, but uh, you ain't gonna get rid of a ghost as easily as that. They were they are stubborn little suckers, I tell you what. Sydney, I'm starting to think that you said the ghost was gone just so we'd let you out of the closet. And that seems a little dishonest. I'm rather hurt. Hey, you can't control when the ghosts are coming and when the ghosts are going. It's kind of a revolving door situation up in the old Sidheimer's body right now. All right, Sydney, uh, one question. Do you think that, uh, seasonally speaking, after Halloween, you will be less inclined to be possessed? As in, and say, uh, like, if as if it were just a, uh, a passing fad to get attention because it is the Halloween season. I'm not saying that you're doing this just to get attention because it's Halloween. Heaven forbid. But... If that were the case, do you think the ghost would be gone after Halloween, shall we say? Yeah, you know, you really can't put a time frame on those sorts of things, you know. Only a good, I think at this rate, only a really good, uh, well-timed exorcism could really pull off something like that. So, uh, in the meantime, I'm gonna go haunt the kitchen where I heard somebody left a bag of chips unattended. <laughs> well, while Sydney goes and does... That. The first show we have for you today is a 15-minute episode of the February Gay and Molly show entitled Trick-or-Treating with Teeny from 1953. The Fibber, McGee, and Molly show. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber, McGee, and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutto. Dinner is over, the table is cleared, and here in the kitchen, Mr. and Mrs. McGee are busy with the dishes. Mrs. McGee is busy washing the plates. Mr. McGee is busy emptying a bowl of candy, a piece at a time, as his wife says. 
Don't eat any more, but please. Okay. That's for the children tomorrow, anyway. Children? Tomorrow night. Halloween. Hey, that's right. It is Halloween tomorrow, isn't it? <laughs> All the kids in the block will be ringing the doorbell and hollering, trick or treat, and I'll be ready for them. Trick or treat. My gosh, Halloween sure is quiet nowadays compared to what it was when I was a kid back in Peoria. Yes, thank goodness. Oh, boy, when I think of the stuff us kids used to do in them days. I used to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> My folks wouldn't let me get very far from home on Halloween. There was a terrible bunch of rowdies that used to roam the town. I'll say. You remember the night them rowdies put roller skates on the cast iron deer on the mayor's lawn and pushed it out into the street? Indeed, I do. And one kid rode it down the 7th Street Hill across Main Street and right through the window of Clip Stratton's barber shop. <laughs> what a shamble. I remember that very well. You smelt like bay rum for a week. Me? <laughs> oh, well, you know how kids are. I was only about 26 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the Halloween I remember best was when poor Uncle Dennis was living at our house. Oh, yeah. And some kids took a bronze bust of General Grant off the courthouse lawn and put it on our front porch. And boy, was that heavy, too. Uncle Dennis came home so tired he could hardly stand up. He came in about midnight with his knuckles all bruised. Oh. Said he had an argument out front with a Civil War veteran and had to poke him in the nose. <laughs> oh, boy, those were the days. Yes. Thank goodness they're over. I guess kids nowadays... What's the matter? Listen. You hear something? <laughs> you hear that? On the back porch. McGee, that's teeny. Oh. Her mother called and said she's coming over here to show us her Halloween costume. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look. Look out the door. <laughs> she's dressed like a ghost and got a Frankenstein mask on. Be real scared now, McGee. Yeah. Be scared. Who's out there? I'm Frankenstein's ghost. Get us. Please. Don't... Please, now, Sarah, Mr. Ghost. Please. Hey, we give up. We give up. <laughs> it's me, Mr. McGee. Miss McGee. See, it's me, Teenie. Oh, boy, what a relief. <laughs> you scared me to death. Oh, me too. Have some candy, Teenie. Thanks, Miss McGee. I'll just take one pocket full. <laughs> I scared you, huh? Yeah, we, we were just talking about Halloween, Teenie. You going out with the kids tomorrow night? Well, my mother won't let me go with the other kids because they always get in trouble. Oh? Mm-hmm. Like Willie Toops has got a whole lot of soap, and he's going to ride all over the schoolhouse. And Terry Martinez, he knows where he can swipe a goat. Well, and... now, your mother is absolutely right, Teenie. Yeah, but gee, mister, I like to have fun. Hey, I tell you what, sis. I'll take you out trick-or-treat myself for a while. Right tonight. Gee. Would you, Mr. McGee, would you? Oh, boy. Why, sure. McGee, aren't you a little, uh, <laughs> well, mature to go around ringing doorbell? One is never too old, my dear, to bring a little joy to the heart of a little child. Oh. I'll run and get a false face out of my old Taylor vaudeville trunk and a sack to carry the candy in, sis. Ha, <laughs> ha, this'll be good, clean fun. <laughs> Back to Wistful Vista in a minute. Most of us have been called away from home and loved ones at one time or another, and we know from the experience that there's nothing quite as important during those days of separation as mail. A good old letter from home. Any man or woman in the armed forces will tell you, the only call that takes precedence over mess is mail call. And when a letter is more important to a hungry GI than food, you know it means something. 
The truce in Korea doesn't mean we should stop writing letters to our men and women in service, whether in U.S. camps or overseas. Mail from home is just as important now as it ever was. Yes, in some respects, it's even more important. The action, the strain, the anxieties of war can keep a soldier's mind occupied. But when the letdown comes, the time to relax, that's when morale needs a shot in the arm. Your soldier knows the shooting is over. He's done his big job, and now he wants to get home. But unfortunately, there's still a lot to keep him for a while. So don't let him down. Write that letter today. Hey, this is wonderful of you to take me, Mr. McGee. <laughs> Bye, we'll have fun, I bet you. Uh, well, we'll just ring some doorbells, trick-or-treat, holler, mood people, stuff like that. No no destructive stuff, of course, none of that. Oh, no. No, Mr. McGee. Why don't you go ring a doorbell right here? Okay. This is Mr. Howell's house. He'll give us some candy, I bet you, and then we'll go to every house on the block. Hey, can you open the gate for me, Mr. McGee? You know how to open Mr. Howell's gate? Oh, sure. I'll wait out here, sis. You run on up and ring the doorbell. You look scary, all right. <laughs> okay, mister. <laughs> Boy, I bet I scare him. Hmm. This gate ain't fastened onto the hinges very tight. Oh, boy. If I was teeny jays, I'd have this thing off of here and up in that maple tree before... Oh, well, my goodness. What do you know about that? Lifted right off the hinges, didn't it? Oh, boy. Old Hector Howell will be as sore as a boil tomorrow when he... There's nobody home, Mr. McGee. Oh. I rang the bell. Hey, what you doing to the gate, mister? Hmm, the gate. Oh, well, uh, well, well, it's a funny thing, Teeny. I, I was just opening this gate, and, and it come right off the hinges. <laughs> Imagine that, lifted right off. Oh, gee, mister, we better fix it, huh? We don't want to be bad kids, do we? Oh, no, not us. I think it's busted, though. We better take it down the street and leave it on old man Parker's front porch. You know, he, he he's he's the carpenter around here. He's the one how we'll have to take to to get it fixed anyhow. Oh, what you doing? I fixed it, Mr. McGee. Oh. Mm-hmm. It just slips off of those little iron pegs. I saw Mr. Howell take it off when they brought their refrigerator in one time. I fixed it. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Well, come on. Let's go. Which house we go to next, Mr. McGee? Hmm. Well, here. Let's cut through this alley here to the next street. Okay, huh? okay. Just look at all the trash cans lined up down this alley, will you? They oughtn't to leave those trash cans out here. Kids might steal them, huh? Yeah. Some kids would... <laughs> My goodness, Teeny. I accidentally kicked that trash can right over. Okay, mister. Maybe we ought to pick up the trash and put it back. Oh, no, sir! Quiet, Teeny. We didn't mean to do it, mister. We'll pick up... What's going on out here? Elma, get me my flashlight. Come on, Teeny, we better run. Wait for me, mister. Hey, hey, come here, you. five or six of them trash cans, I guess. That's <laughs> nah, too bad. Accidents will happen, though. <laughs> Gee, 
that was fun, though, Mr. McGee. <laughs> hey, I'm going with Danny Hussell. She always gives me candy, I betcha. You want to come with me, hmm? No, no, I'll wait out here. This, uh, this house next door, that's, that's Toops' house, huh? Sure. Mm -hmm. I'm not so mad, though, mister. Oh. I'm mad at Roy Toops today. Oh, well, it's pretty dark out here, but I see Mort leaves his car in the driveway. <laughs> he shouldn't do that. No. Why don't you go tell him you ought to put it away, mister? Go tell him. Oh, no, no. He, he, he'll know it in the morning, sis. <laughs> you go ahead and scare the people next door. Don't hurry, I'll... I'll amuse myself waiting here. Okay, mister. Why, I'll come with his gun here and I'll say, It's me, Kitty, and she will say, Come in to me. Old Mort should not leave his car out like this. <laughs> Boy, if I was Teeny's age, I'd take a piece of soap and ride all over the windshield. What did I do with that soap I had? Oh, here it is. <laughs> I'd take this piece of soap and I'd write, Mort Toops. Is a, a stinker. Boy, wait till he comes out in the morning, he'll blow his top. Hey, Molly. I'm home. Good. Did you and Teeny have fun, dearie? Oh, she had a wonderful time. Want some candy bars? We split it up. Oh, no, thank you. I hope you showed the youngster how to be well-behaved and stay out of mischief. Well, Natch, you know I'd set her a good example. There were some other youngsters out tonight, too. Oh, sure. I wish you'd have had them with you so you could watch them. Yeah? I didn't see anybody else. Over near Toops's house. Oh? I took the car and ran over to Mabel Toops's for a while to pick up a dress pattern and some things, and naturally I just parked our car in their driveway. Our car? In Toops' driveway? And some little rascals came along and rode all over it with some soap. It's just a mess. My gosh, the nasty little vandals. They must have thought it was Mort's car. It says Mort Toops is a stinker all over it. Isn't that terrible? I'll have it washed in the morning. Don't worry about it. Tibber and Molly will be right back. With Halloween only a day away, the Trick-or-Treat Brigade is already on the prowl through the fall night. And after you've answered your doorbell a few times, you'll know that fall is here in its full glory. And for the sports-minded, fall is synonymous with college football. The cheering crowd, brightly colored mums, and the crisp air of a Saturday afternoon truly mean football. And if you can't be there in person, be sure to join us here by your radio as the NBC Radio Network again brings you the top football game of the week. From the kickoff to the final gun, you'll hear each and every play when you set your dial to NBC Radio these fall Saturdays. So make it your habit to tune to the top football game of the week on the NBC Radio Network tomorrow and every Saturday afternoon. Later Saturday evening, you'll want to hear NBC's Folk Festival of Pop Western Entertainers. Listen for such fun-packed shows as Grand Old Opry, The Eddie Arnold Show, and Pee Wee King Show. There's fun for everybody when you set your dial to this, your NBC station, every Saturday evening. Well, tomorrow night is Halloween, and when the little spooks and goblins and the dime store false faces and the bedsheets knock on your door, be nice to them. Yeah. Remember that we were that age once. Yeah, and I don't know about you people, but some of the stuff I got into at that age, I'm lucky I didn't get killed. It's wonder I ever grew up. Did you? What? Huh? Oh, good. <laughs>
Good night. Good night, all. All right, that was an episode of Fibber McGee and Molly. And to follow that off, oh, McLean, there's a uh, knock at the door. I believe that may be our first trick-or-treater of the night. All right, I'll go get it. It's about time, too. I was beginning to think we wouldn't have any this year. But this is much better. Treat or treat? Oh. Oh, my. Treat or treat, mister. (laughs) Treat or treat. Jake... Yeah, what? Put it in the bag, mister. Jake, I'm, I'm going to need your help to deal with this one. Uh, okay, what's going on? Oh, <laughs> Willie, is that you? No, not at all. I, I am not Willie, in the least. I am a trick-or-treat aged child. You are a lawyer, William Beauregard Huckster III, with Groucho Marx glasses on, affecting a child voice to procure candy from us, aren't you? I ain't effective at all. I am a trick-or-treat-aged, middle school-aged child. Here, here, I can prove it. Here, take a look. Inside my backpack here are some public school textbooks. Here, look, see. Willie, these have all sections blacked out and you wrote in the margins what really happened in history. You dang right. See? You gotta correct the politicization of history. You just answered to the name Willie, thereby proving that you are, in fact, Willie. Oh, uh, uh, no, no. See, I, I'm a child. See, here, look. I got some common core math books. All them newfangled ways of handling multiplications. Here, take a look. See, look at this. There's proof here. Yeah. You just crossed everything out and wrote numbers were invented by the government. Well, you're dang right, and it's true. Now, I also got me a computer technician handbook. You know, one of them STEM fields. Yeah, that's going to work out for me like it works out for everybody else who does it. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, well, have a good night, Willie. See you later. Wait, wait, wait. I, I need some treats, or at least let me into the warmth for a little bit. It's real cold out there, and people keep hitting me with stolen hubcaps. McLean, give him some candy or something. Get him out of here. We don't need him hanging around. You got any whiskey? I'll take whiskey. You will take what I will give you. And frankly, the only reason I am... Sydney, no. I can't deal with both of you at the same time. This is too far. What's going on over here? The ghost uh, lured me to the doorway where I heard there might be some candy. Sydney, what in the Sam Hill's going on with you, boy? Hey, it's Dean Willie, my old boss at the college. The guy who gave me the cap and gown that I now probably... Wait, no, I, I threw that off and stormed off in a huff. Well, anyway, whatever. Um, I'm possessed by a ghost. Oh, for heck, crying out loud. See, you was a professor, and now you've got yourself some kind of a spiritual inhabitant. Is that right, Sydney? Sydney, uh, I'm thinking you're in need of a little bit of exercising. It's all that candy he's been pilfering. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I'm thinking more of the spiritual type of exercising. Oh, you mean like a good old-fashioned getting the ghost out of me by doing some weird, like, uh, chants and walking around with, uh, with, uh, crucifixes and saying those weird Latin phrases and making me spew soup everywhere, and I, I don't really know all that much about exercising, guys. Uh, no, actually, Cindy, you've, you've got it about right. We need ourselves a, a can of clam chowder and a super soaker. Oh, I got a ton of clam chowder in the pantry. Hey, there you go. And you need to say some untoward things about my deceased mother. That's all you need to do there, too. Can do. I'll be right back with the chowder, guys. <laughs> Willie, do you mean to tell me that you are an exorcist? Uh, well, not quite an exorcist. It's more I took a class at Planet Fitness, and they gave me a little certificate in uh, exercise and uh, specialities. 
All right, Willie, well, I'm glad you have that. Well, in the meantime, this is an episode of The Aldrich Family from 1940 entitled Halloween Pranks. It's actually one of my favorite episodes of this show. It harkens back to a time when Halloween was a was a day when the kids would run around uh, stealing hubcaps, as it were, and uh, just uh, ding-dong ditch was a big one, putting a pin in the doorbell, um, putting the deacon's <laughs> wagon on the roof of City Hall, you know, that kind of that kind of thing. Anyway, here's The Aldrich Family. Good times. The Aldrich Family, written by Clifford Goldsmith and starring Ezra Stone. Henry! Henry Aldrich! Coming, Mother! You know, ladies and gentlemen, scarcely a day passes that doesn't bring us a letter from some housewife praising Jell-O butterscotch pudding. Many of these letters read somewhat as follows. I've tried just about every ready-prepared pudding on the market, and Jell-O butterscotch pudding is the one for me. Other letters, of course, speak of how easy Jell-O butterscotch pudding is to make, because you simply add milk, cook for a few minutes, and cool. And still other letters tell us how grateful housewives are for the many ways you can serve Jell-O butterscotch pudding. But the big point is its flavor, the warm, buttery, brown sugar flavor of creamy golden butterscotch, just the way you like it, full of rich homemade goodness. Yes, friends, you like Jell-O butterscotch pudding a lot, so just try it, and let your own taste tell you why Jell-O butterscotch pudding is the pudding that thousands call the best of all. <laughs> If your doorbell rings tonight and you answer it and find no one there, you remember that this is Halloween and that you too were a youngster yourself. And you might suspect Henry Aldrich of having something to do with the prank because he's a real boy from your own neighborhood. Tonight we find Henry in the Aldrich living room with his friend Toby. <sighs> Gee whiz, am I bored. Same here, Henry. How could a thing like this happen, Toby? It's Halloween and the two of us are dead broke. Gee, I thought I'd never live to see a thing like this happen. Wouldn't you think, Toby, that there'd be at least one thing a person could do on Halloween without its costing money? That's what you'd think. How about going over and getting even with Mr. Tarbell for what he did a year ago? How? Well, we could think of something. I'll tell you what. If we could get his front steps loose from the porch, we could hide them. No, Toby. But, Henry, then when he comes out and starts to go down the steps, he'll wonder where they are. Who will wonder where what is? Oh, is that you, Father? You are not going to touch anyone's front steps. How do you know about that? I'm psychic. Halloween or no Halloween, you boys are not to touch any private property. Henry, are you in the living room? Yes, Mother. Gee whiz, Father, Toby and I don't want to just sit around and look at each other all evening. How would you like to have me make some candy? Mother, candy... Everybody else is out doing things, and we sit home and make candy. Well, if you'd planned ahead, you'd have enough money to go to a dance. I did plan ahead. I told you several weeks ago that my allowance is inadequate. Yes. Henry, what do you say we get our hats and go out for a little stroll? All right. 
You aren't going to play any practical jokes on anyone, are you? Oh, oh no, Mr. Aldrich. We're just going out for the fresh air. And maybe ring one or two doorbells. Henry, you're not going to ring any doorbells. But, Mother, what harm can come from innocently ringing just one doorbell? That's rung 50 million times in the year anyway. Because most people don't like it. Henry, the minute you begin to trespass, you're liable to run into trouble. Father, name one thing that could happen from sticking a pin into a doorbell. Aside from the fact that it's going to ring for a while. I'm not going to argue. Toby, I don't think I'll go out. No? Oh, year. Ever since way back, I've been looking forward to tonight. And now it's here and I can't even stick a pin in a doorbell. Sam, if Henry didn't actually stick a pin in it, couldn't he ring just one bell? It's entirely up to you, Alice. All we do is ring it and run, Father. Don't look at me, son. I'm only your father. I don't see what fun there could be in it. At least my whole year wouldn't be ruined. Well, could you ring a bell where no one is home? Mother. (laughs) All right, if it'll make you any happier, go out and ring one bell. We can, Father. We can. Toby, come on. Okay. I don't see what fun you'll get from it. At least we can say we've done it. Henry, I've got an idea. What? My folks didn't say I couldn't ring more than one. I'll tell you. I'll do the ringing and you do the running. Okay, let's ring Mr. Edwards' bell first. Without any hat on? I am. I was just out to look at the car. Someone has taken the battery out of it. Who do you suppose could have done a thing like that? Oh, some Halloween hoodlum. I tell you, Phoebe, this town has reached a nice state of affairs. Well, come in and close the door before you catch pneumonia. Do you know what I think I'll do? I'll just wait inside the door and see whether anyone comes back. I'll get my cane, too. The next boy that comes up on this porch is going to get the tanning of his life. Yes, dear. Toby. Toby. What? He's going in. Come on up on the porch. What were they talking about, Henry? Search me. Let's write a note and pin it to the door. Okay, got a pencil? No, here's my fountain pen. Listen, Toby, let's just ring the bell and run. Let me ring it. No, Toby, this is the only one I can ring. You can ring the next one. No, besides, Mr. Edwards was my idea. Here we go, Toby. I'm going to ring it. Do you hear anyone coming? No, I better ring it again. Somebody's coming. Run, Toby, run. I am. Stop there, stop. Oh, stop. Quick, Toby, duck around the side of the house here. I'm with you, Henry. Stop, do you hear me? Stop nothing. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What was that? I'm all right. I just knocked over an ash can. Come on. Duck back here through this great harbor. There goes Mr. Edwards over it. Toby. That'll help. If I catch you, I'll turn you both. Come on out through these trees, Toby. If he catches you, Henry, don't give your right name. Whose name should I give? Take one up. What was that? That that was Mrs. Edwards. <laughs> Look, Toby, here's a hole or something we can hide in. Yeah, where? Right here in the ground. Oh, gee whiz, wait, Toby. What's the matter? It's an old oil. It's an old well. Well, this is a nice time to tell me. What's the matter? I dropped my fountain pen in it. Toby, he's coming. Toward us? He went right on. Boy, that was close. Let's beat it, Toby, and get out of here. But, Henry, I dropped my fountain pen. Is that so important? My mother just bought it for me. Gee whiz, I can't go home without my fountain pen, Henry. How are we going to get it? It's way down at the bottom of the well. Well, there's an old chain here. It's hanging right straight down. 
Is it fastened here at the top? Sure. Right to this piece of iron. Wait a second. I'll roll up my trousers. You better take them off, Toby. Then you won't get them wet. <laughs> sure, and hold my coat, too. John! John! Yes, what is it? Did you find them? No, not yet. Toby. Did you look in the shed out beyond the well? I'm just coming from there. Well, come back in the house, then. All I can say is they must have disappeared right into the ground. It's okay, Toby. You can go down now. Look out while I go over the edge. Are you sure you can get up again? Why not? All I have to do is hang on to this chain and climb right up the sides. So long, Henry. Hang on. Hang on tight, old boy. Gee whiz. What's the matter? Toby, what's the matter? There's something tied partway down on the chain. What is it? It's an automobile battery. A battery? What's it doing down there? How should I know? And the chain ends right here. It does? Can you jump the rest of the way? What do you mean, jump? It's so dark down here, I wouldn't know when I got to the bottom. Oh, here's the trouble. It's up here. Some of the slack is hooked onto a bolt. I'll see whether I can loosen it. Let it out easy, Henry. Don't worry, Toby. You don't think I'd let you fall, do you? Toby. Oh, Toby. Toby, where are you? I thought you were my friend. I couldn't help it. Toby, can you float? How can you float in four inches of water? Won't you get your pen and come on up? You're crazy. There's nothing to take a hold of. Stand on the battery and reach. I can. Well, gee, Toby, I'll have to get you out somehow. I wonder whether I can find a ladder anyplace. Ask Mr. Edwards whether he has one. Sure. Do you think I'm crazy, Toby? Well, hurry up and get a ladder someplace. Look, there's a, the lid to the well up here. Well, what about it? Do you want me to put it over the top so you won't get cold? No, just get me a ladder. What, do you want your pants and coat? Just throw down my coat. Okay, here it comes. I'll get the ladder that's in our garage, Toby. And if anybody speaks to you, don't answer. <laughs> Has Henry come in yet? Not yet. It seems as though it's taking him an awfully long time to ring one doorbell. Do you realize, Alice, this is the first Halloween no one has bothered us? I certainly do. Did you put all the ash cans in? I put them in the basement. What was that? Something out and back. Sam. Sam, it sounds like one of the garage doors. You suppose anyone's getting in there? Listen, dear. Come with me. Where? Let's go out to the kitchen and look through the window. Is the kitchen light on? No. No one can see us. Stan, someone is in the garage. Stand back from the window. Can you see them? Alice, someone is coming out of the garage with our big ladder. Sam Holdridge, I think that's the limit. I'm going down the cellar stairs here and slip out to the basement door. Well, why not go out the back door? This way I can head him off in the driveway. Shall I turn the light on? No, no, don't turn the light on. I can see quite all right. Hey! Hey! Sam, what have you done? I forgot I put the ash cans down here. Well, my goodness, dear, are the ashes all over my cellar floor? Yes, and so am I. Turn on the light. Sam, you better come back up here and get your hat and coat. You want whoever it is to get away? Is that ladder more important than your health? Now come back up here. But, Alice, he's already gone out toward the street. In a town this size, Sam, you can certainly track down someone with a ladder. You say the battery was taken right out of your car, Mr. Edwards? Yes, officer. But you didn't see anyone? Not until a few minutes later. 
Two boys come up on the porch and rang the bell, and I chased them right around here through the grape arbor. Were they carrying the battery? That I couldn't say. Well, whoever stole it is going to be apprehended and punished. The young fellows here have got to respect private property. Oh, they don't stop at anything. I even found a pair of somebody's trousers back here. You better take them down to headquarters. Why? Hey, one minute. What's up? Stand back there under this tree. Do you see out there toward the street? Somebody coming? Somebody with a ladder. He's coming right this way. All right, no. Keep quiet. Keep quiet. And when he passes, I'll nab him. Just a minute there, young man. Oh, gee whiz. Who said that? One minute, I said. Yes, sir. So was there something you wanted? Where did you get that ladder? At home. I asked you, where did you get it? I brought it from home. Sure, I did. I give you my word, I did. I did. Oh, so we're going to have trouble with you. Where's the battery? The battery? What battery? The battery that disappeared from my car. I haven't even seen any battery. What's your name? Why, uh... What is it? It's, uh... Harry. Harry what? Harry Ambrose. Where are you taking that ladder? Well, not any place in particular. I just... Just happened to be carrying it with me. Just giving it an airing, eh? Taking it out for a walk. Yes, sir. Well, Mr. Edwards, what do you think we ought to do with him? It's, uh, 90 days for larceny, isn't it, officer? 90 days in jail for taking my own father's ladder? That's what it is. But, but I've got a friend, see, and I... I see, and he has the batter. No, sir, he's in a terrible predicament. Where is he? Where is he? I don't know. I'm looking for him. Oh, you're just going around with a ladder looking for a friend. Oh, I know that seems hard to believe, officer, but that's what I'm doing. Well, suppose you leave that ladder here. But I'll get the deuce if I don't take it back home. And you'll get 90 days, Harry Ambrose, if you don't put it down. Yes, sir. Now get home, will you? Should have been in bed an hour ago. Yes, sir, only I don't know what my friend will do without me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this being Halloween, I'd like to tell you a ghost story. The story of Edgar the Gloomy Ghost. Edgar, it seems, was very fond of nice desserts at dinner. But his wife, Phyllis the Phantom, kept serving him just ordinary desserts. As a result, Edgar went around moaning and groaning like this. Ooh, ooh. Then one day, Edgar's wife bought some jello vanilla pudding at the ghostery store. And now Edgar is just as cheerful as can be. No longer does he go around moaning. Now he has a warm, likable laugh like this. So, you see, just in case Edgar might drop in, ladies and gentlemen, always keep Jell-O vanilla pudding on hand. It's brimful of tempting flavor, as smooth as rich cream, and extra good when garnished with nuts, marshmallows, or fruit. My own favorite is Jell-O vanilla pudding with sliced bananas. But served any way at all, it's grand. Order this delightful, ready-prepared dessert and start right away to enjoy the luscious flavor of Jell-O vanilla pudding. Now, getting back to the troubles of Henry Aldrich, it being Halloween, Henry and his friend Toby set out to ring just one doorbell and come home. 
However, one thing leads to another until Toby was left stranded at the bottom of a well. And Henry is attempting to rescue it. Good evening. Oh, is that you out there, Henry Aldrich? Good evening, Mrs. Lockbridge. Could I borrow a real strong rope from you? A real strong what, dear? A rope. I need about 15 feet of very strong rope. Oh, uh, would a piece of clothesline help any? No, ma'am. I have a friend that's in a well. (laughs) Well, that's quite a Halloween joke, isn't it? No, ma'am. I'm trying to get my friend out. Uh, Well, how did he get in it? He was looking for his fountain pen. Well, why don't you try one of the other houses in the neighborhood? I have, I have, but every doorbell I've rung so far, the people chased me. You don't say so. Yes, ma'am, that's how I got all wet like this. Goodness gracious, how did you get that wet? They poured a bucket of water on me from the second floor window. Well, come to think of it, Henry, we have a good long tow rope out in the car. You have? Yes, sir. You'll find the car right out there in front. Right down the curb a ways? That's right. Okay. If I remember, the rope's a little bit straight in the middle. That's all right. It can certainly hold Toby. Will I find it in the front or the rear of the car? You'll have to look, dear. Guess this is the car. My gosh. That's funny. All right, young fellow. What are you trying to get away with? What's that? Uh, did you think I didn't see you? She was let go of my collar. What were you doing in my car? I've got a friend that's in a well. Yeah? But you see, Mrs. Lockbridge gave me permission to open this car. Mrs. Lockbridge did. It's her husband. Well, it just happens to be my car, and I live right here in this house. You do? You mean this other car here is Lockbridge's? And I suppose you're going to tell me Mrs. Lockbridge gave you permission to let all the air out of my tires? Are they flat? What do you think I was watching out the window for? Well, you certainly have my sympathy. Here you are. What's that? It's a pump. Get to work. But she was, I give you my word, all I was looking for was a piece of rope so I could pull my friend out. Maybe you'd like to have me turn you over to the police, my boy. Oh, no. I... Are you going to hook that pump onto the valve? Yes, sir. What's your name? Why, it's, uh... It's, uh... Which tire do you want me to pump up first? I asked you your name. It's a Harry Ambrose. Harry Ambrose, eh? Yes, sir. Well, your family ought to be ashamed of you. Yes, sir, they certainly ought to be. I'm going in and keep an eye on you from the house. And don't forget... There's a street lamp right here, and I can see every move you make. Yes, sir. If I hadn't been a boy once myself, I'd turn you over to the law. Yes, sir. Oh, gee whiz. Well, I'll be darned. Henry, is that you pumping up those tires? Father, where did you come from? I'm looking for our ladder. And may I first ask what you're doing? Father, I wish you'd go in and tell the man that owns this car that he has no right making me do this. How did he happen to ask you to? I was opening his car, see? Son, didn't you promise to ring just one doorbell? That's all I did then do. Then let's not have any excuses. Pump those tires up and take your punishment. Where are you going? To find a family by the name of Ambrose. Of Ambrose? Ambrose? I tracked a boy by that name as far as Mr. Edwards' house. You don't happen to know him, do you? Harry Ambrose. Do you know him? Well, I think I've heard of him. But he's no friend of mine, Father. Well, hurry up and finish those tires, and then get off. But listen, Father. Hey there, let me hide behind your car. Who's that? Is that you, Henry? Is that you, Homer? Here, Henry, hold it. What is it? It's a red lantern. What am I to do with it? Just hold it, Henry. I'm in a hurry. But I don't want this, Homer. Oh, well, there you are. Who? You with the lantern. Come along with me, my boy. (laughs) 
You wait until I get even with you, Homer. You got away from him, didn't you, Henry? I got away from him, but look at what he did to my coat. How am I going to get this sleeve back on? Aren't I going to help you get Toby out of the well? Yes. And didn't I get this rope for you? Where did you get it? Isn't it a beauty, Henry? I found it over here on Walnut Street. What I mean, Homer, is whose was it? Nobody's. It was just roping off a new sidewalk that had been laid this afternoon. Listen, Homer, I'm not going to use it. Well, we aren't going to keep it, Henry. It's just to get Toby out. But, Homer, I don't think we should use it. All right, then. All right. Not so loud, Homer. Do you see somebody? We're right here by Mr. Edwards' house. Oh. Come on now, Homer, and follow me back to the well. Why don't you want to disturb Mr. Edwards, Henry? Well, if he's going to sleep, there's no sense in waking him up, is there? Come on back through this great barber. I'm coming. Where is the well? It's right ahead here. Someplace. Can't you find it? Isn't that strange? Gee whiz, don't fall in window. Oh, here it is. Hey, Toby. Toby, are you all right? Toby. Who is that? It's Henry and Homer. Well, you're the only ones that haven't been here before. Who else has been here? Everybody. And they all threw something down. <laughs> the last time it was a bushel of apples. Are you all right, Toby? How could I be? Get me out of here. We're letting a rope down now, Toby. Now here, Henry, I'll help you. Is it down yet, Toby? No. It's coming. Homer, have you got the end? What end, Henry? Of the rope. The end's down here. <laughs> Which end? Both ends. <laughs> well, gee whiz, Homer, if you are in a hell. Toby, throw one end up here. How am I going to do that? Just throw it right straight up. Here it comes. Uh. Where is it? Around my neck. <laughs> Henry, I've got an idea. Look out. What are you going to do? How about dropping this rock down and letting him tie the rope to it? <laughs> and then throw it up? Now listen. Don't throw anything more down here. There isn't any more room. Henry, do you think you could hold my hand while I go down part way? How would you get the rope? Well, Toby could tie it to my foot. Sure, and then I'll pull you back up. Well, take it easy now. Wait till I get over the edge. Okay, have you got a good hold? Yeah. What's that coming down? <laughs> Don't worry, it's Homer. Don't jump, Homer. What do you think I am? Are you sure you got a hold of me, Henry? Sure. Easy now, easy. <clears throat> I only had something to hang on to. This is a nice time to think of that. Don't worry, Homer. I've got you. Boy, my arm's coming right out. How much lower is it? Wait a second, and I'll tie the rope on Homer's foot. You got it? Come on, officer. I think they're off this way. I'm coming. Oh, gee whiz. What's that? Keep quiet. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Gee, if they had come two feet closer, they would have fallen right in with us. That would have been good. Well, we got you out, Toby, even if we did have a hard time finding my father's ladder. And, Toby, we got you away from Mr. Edwards' house. But I still haven't got any pants, Henry. Well, just walk along as though you were coming home from a party. Boy, is this heavy. Is what heavy? Listen, Toby, what are you carrying? This battery. Well, gee whiz, Toby, what'd you bring that for? I didn't even know I had it. Well, we've got to take that right back to Mr. Edwards. All the way? Sure. What do you think we hold it out for? We get caught with it, we'll get six months in jail. Here, Homer, how would you like to carry it? I don't want it. Let Henry carry it. Toby, don't try to shirk responsibility. Well, you fellas have got to go back with me. I'm not going alone. Come on. Who's that coming? Where? Down there on the corner. He's coming right towards us. 
Isn't that a policeman? I think it is, Henry. Let's turn around and go the other way. And that's what I say. No, we'll walk right along as though we were heading for a garage. Sure. Oh, sure. Our battery ran down and we're going to get it recharged. But I still haven't got any pants. <laughs> Listen, fellas, look ahead there. Where? There's another policeman, and he's walking right toward us. So long, Toby. Now, wait, Henry. You can't leave me flat like this. I've got to get rid of this battery. Well, put it down someplace. Sure, and supposing he sees me. I've got an idea. You see that car parked there by the curb? Yeah. Well, put it inside. Just dump it through the window. Henry, you've got a head on you. Come on now. We'll hide behind between these two houses. Boy, if they see us. Okay. Wait for me. Well, hurry up. Quiet. The police are going by. Do you think they saw us? No. They're not even looking this way. Say, fellas, do you know what I just happened to think? What? I left my fountain pen down in the well. Say, gee whiz, what's the matter? That car we put the battery in. What about it? Somebody just drove off in it. Is that you, Henry? Yes, Mother. Will you please tell me where you've been all evening? Just out with Toby. Falling around. Well, come into the living room. I've got to make a phone call first, Mother. Hello, operator. Then I'll be right there. Operator, could you get me? It's right here in the book. It's, um, it's Elm 3-6. Henry! Mother, father isn't in yet, is he? No, he isn't. Oh, hello? Hello, is this Mr. Edwards? Well, Mr. Edwards, this is to inform you that if you will notify the police to look for a car number T-765, I think, or maybe it was... T-5-something. Anyhow, in it you'll find your battery. What's that? This is just a friend, Mr. Edwards, who happened to be passing by your house a little while ago. Henry! Goodbye. Henry! I'm coming, Mother. Oh, where's your coat, dear? I just hung it up in the closet. Well, did you ring your doorbell? Yes, Mother, I rang it. Did you find it worthwhile? Well, to be honest... I think I'm getting a little too old to be doing things like that. <clears throat> Where's my Latin? Oh, Alice, is Henry in? Yes, Sam, he's sitting here studying. Where have you been? I found the ladder, but not the boy. Sam, what on earth you have all over your shoes? That is cement. They laid a new sidewalk over town and didn't even bother to rope it off. Well, don't get it all over the carpet. And what do you think I found a few minutes ago? What? A battery in the back seat of my car. A... A battery phone? Tomorrow morning, Henry, you call up the police and find out who lost it. Hi, Father. And then after you've done that, you can go over to Mr. Edwards and get our ladder. Yes, Father. I wonder why people think Halloween is a time for fun. will be back in just a moment. And when you make out the grocery list for tomorrow, friends, be sure to include several packages of Jell-O puddings. They're easy to make, inexpensive, and really delicious. Ask your grocer for all three flavors, Jell-O chocolate pudding, Jell-O vanilla pudding, and Jell-O butterscotch pudding. Jell-O puddings are made by the makers of Jell-O, so you know they're good. Folks, be seeing you next week, I hope. 
Now listen in again next Thursday evening to the Aldrich family and to the Maxwell House Coffee Time program, which immediately precedes it on most of these stations. A solid hour of sparkling radio entertainment every Thursday night. The Aldrich Family, starring Ezra Stone, is written by Clifford Goldsmith. Original music is composed and conducted by Jack Miller. Now, this is Harry Von Zell bidding you all good night. Now, Willie, I don't have much experience with exorcisms, so forgive me if I'm if I sound a little silly here. But was it really necessary to form a circle of the clam chowder around Sydney on the floor? I kind of wanted to eat it, if I'm going to be honest. That's why I bought it in the first place, you know. Well, see, that's it. See, he's meant to kind of turn and spin around. So seduced is he by the presence of the chowder that it helps you get that old spirit of evil right out of him. I don't really feel much like spinning. I'm just kind of just kind of disappointed that I don't get to eat any chowder. I have an office chair that you can spin on. Oh. Hey, there you go. You know, I have another can of it. I'm going to go get some chowder just for me to eat while you guys uh, sort out this uh, exorcism thing. Um, Sydney, don't back. step in the chowder. You're going to track that around everywhere. Oh, it'll be fine. I'll mop it up later. Uh, do you want to get ants? Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, how you doing with the uh, exorcism, as it were? Not good. I'm kind of running out of ideas. I need some more whiskey. S- Willie, I don't think that's the solution here. First of all, we never actually invited you into the building, and yet here you are. Well, I ate a vampire. Um, second of all, you're spreading clam chowder on the floor. What is going on here, man? What What are you doing? Just go. Why are you here? Leave. We, Sydney is not actually possessed by a ghost. He's making it up to get attention. We don't need you here, man. Well, why is his plan working and mine ain't? He's getting clam chowder. All I got was a shot of whiskey and whatever I licked off of your boot. Uh, well, he works here. We can't get rid of him. If I give you some candy, will you go away? Oh, I suppose. As long as it's something that's got a high amount of sugar, I'll need it if I'm going to be running from them hubcap throwers out there. Boy, they got strong arms, those boys. Here, I'll mm-hmm. give you some candy. Here's a here's a Snickers bar. Here's a, a oh. Twix bar and some, some oh, red Twix. vines. Mm. All right. Well, all right. Let me just check these out here. Plenty, plenty of sugar for you to... You to run from the hubcap throwers and the bear mace and the. Let's see. Let's see. Really, what are you doing? A TSA wand? What are you waving that over the candy for? How on earth? Where did you get one of those? (laughs) Well, I myself have never actually uh, flown on a so-called airplane. (laughs) You'd have to work real hard to convince me that metal could fly like that. I think you'd have to work real hard to convince the government to let you fly on an airplane. Yeah, I'm sure you're on a list somewhere. Uh, I'm on a few lists. That's how I get around. But I'll tell you, I- I'm trying to make sure and look for the uh, razor blades that you've surely hidden inside this candy. I, I need me a shave, <laughs> so I'm really trying to track this stuff down. Well, Willie, you... I wasn't expecting an accusation. You believe that 70s conspiracy theory that, that mom spread around, that this strangers is just sticking razor blades inside of apples? Oh, well, my friend, you don't understand. It's the moms that are doing it. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> Them's the ones that puts the razor blades inside the fruit. Are you accusing me of putting razor blades in the candy? Uh, no, sir. I- I'm accusing you of being a mother. Uh, oh. Uh, hmm? You lost me, Willie. <laughs> it's all right. I- I'm operating on a higher level of understanding here. Just let me do my oh, thing. Oh, clearly. Clearly, yeah. Well, we'll let you do that. Uh, this here is the Bing Crosby Show from 1947, and a special guest is Boris Karloff. So here you go. I think one of those hubcaps must have dinged Willie in the head. He's 
He's a little less lucid than usual. I think there's a razor blade inside this red vine. in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, the Rhythm Airs, and Bing's guests, Victor Moore, Boris Karloff, and Gail Robbins. Now, with Halloween time upon us, we bring you Philco's little hobgoblin with eyes of blue and a pumpkin, too, Bing Crosby. <laughs> that was a libelous introduction if I've ever heard one. My uh, brother Everett will call on you in the morning. I'll be glad to <laughs> I'll have you know I've been exercising and I've got rid of my little pumpkin. Oh, no, no. No, you haven't really got rid of it, Bing. You just moved it around and back. Oh. Okay. So that's where it is. I had an idea somebody was following me all day. <laughs> Part of my equipment, huh? Well. But getting back to Halloween, that's sure a great time of the year. Yes, isn't it? it is. You know, Bing, I've carved a very funny face out of a pumpkin. So I noticed. Cross. They can. <laughs> you remember when we were on craft? together and we had to carve our jack-o'-lanterns out of Velveeta. <laughs> what do you think Jolson and I have been doing all week? Carving, carving. Everyone's getting ready for Halloween. There's a lot of excitement buzzing over at the Crosby Chateau. Really? Oh, yes. Gary's carving a jack-o'-lantern and Lindsay's carving a jack-o'-lantern. The twins are carving each other. <laughs> Even the moose. You know, my moose is getting yeah. ready for the big bogey night. Yeah, he's going to a masquerade party. Oh, fine. What sort of a costume is your moose wearing? Well, I think he's putting rubber gloves on his antlers and he's going as Dr. Kildare. <laughs> be a smash. And now if I can call on Dr. Trotter and the Rhythm Airs, I've had costumes. Oh, they're all smartly dressed tonight. Really turned out you look much better than the six hits in the mix. Now if I can call on Dr. Trotter and the Rhythm Airs, and we got them all standing by here just quivering at the leash, ready to leap into the rhythm. Rhythm. We'll head for the hill country. We're going to stir up a little feuding, fighting, and a fussing. Yes, sir. Well. <laughs> well. Al Dexter's with us. <laughs> oh. Beyond the busy highway. Your lady. Beyond the city strife. Your lady. I thought Judy Canova was on Saturday night. <laughs> we highly treasure and take great pleasure in our play way of love. You may come in. Feudin' a fussin' and a fightin'. Sometimes it gets downright exciting. Don't like them ornery neighbors down by the creek. Well, we'll be plumb out of neighbors next week. Grandma, poor old grandma. Why'd they have to shoot for Grandma? Shot her dead. She lies needs the clover. Seems they caught her bending over. Reaching for the fat back shooting, of fussing and fighting. This is a wrong that needs a writing. Let's get that funeral service over. So then we'll go feuding and fighting again. Fighting and feuding and a-fuzzin' That's all that's going on with us 
We are such neighborly people, peaceful and sweet, all except when we happen to meet. Daughter, baby daughter, pies and all the neighbor's chickens. Daughter, shouldn't daughter. Least till she could run like the Dickens. They hit her with the stage brace. Laid it right on her, yes. No use to stand in here a cussing. Let's give our daughter a pistol now that she's foreign, go feuding and fighting some more. Fighting and feuding and a fussing. She ain't a feuding. What if that stranger was with us? We really don't know him. <laughs> he was a revenue agent. Yep, he was until the boys had to chuck him in a still. Liquor, mountain liquor. It's better now. It kicks you much quicker. Moonshine, mountain moonshine. Has a glow that gets you much sicker. What do you hear from your ulcer? This ain't no corner you can brighten. Load up my double barrel shotgun. I'm getting the end to go feuding and a fussing. Feuding and a fighting. Feuding and a fighting again. That was slick as a greased ice cube. You know, I bet it sounded especially fine to the folks who were listening in on Philco's. If you listen to this program on any other set but a Philco, I come out sounding like Hildegard. Well, is that bad? That's grand. That's grand. But I want people to hear gravelly a little bit of old me. And incidentally, Carp, you have just committed radio's cardinal sin. What did I do? You started this whole thing by admitting there are other radios than Philco's on the market. Well, I didn't mention any other names, did I? In this racket, you don't have to. The mere fact that you admit that we have competitors constitutes a schism. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead, Ken. Start talking fast and talk Philco, boy. With pleasure, Bing. You know, Philco has no competitor when it comes to the easiest way to play records ever invented. Only Philco gives you this new automatic way to play records. All play, no work. Just slide your record in and it plays. You'll find this exclusive Philco invention now on three different Philco models. On a new, inexpensive console, the 1260. On a table model, the famous 1201, the world's largest selling radio phonograph. And it's even portable, too. Yes, now you can take it with you with Philco's new 1200 automatic record player. Whichever model you want, give this unique invention a whirl at your Philco dealer. It's made by the world's largest radio manufacturer, Philco. Famous for quality the world over. <laughs> Jack Mass, exploitation coordinator of the Italian-American Publishing Company, whose president is Mr. Frank Sinatra, has long belabored me with copies of the firm's new song. I sing this now with a double purpose. I shall make character with Mr. Sinatra, and I shall get rid of Mr. Mass. Ain't you ever coming back, ain't you? Can't you see the difference it makes? I'm half myself without your kisses. One more night, 
of doing without him will drive me crazy. Won't you make me smile again? Won't you? Just a word is all that it takes. Your hello will let me know that we're the same as we used to be. Oh, ain't you ever coming back to me? Ain't you ever coming back, ain't you? Can't you see the difference it makes? I'm half myself without your kisses. One more night. Of doing without them will drive me crazy Won't you make me smile again, won't you? Just a word is all that it takes Your hello will let me know That we're the same as we used to be Oh, ain't you? Ever coming back to me? Ain't you ever coming back to me? The first of Philco's guests to show up this evening is a gentleman who, for many years, has been the most lovable and heartwarming comedian ever to waddle across the stage or the screen. It's a genuine pleasure to roll out the carpet. The very distinguished actor, Mr. Victor Moore. Uh, thank you, Bing, for that wonderful introduction. If I'd known you were going to call me very distinguished, I'd have worn my good conduct ribbon. Victor, I didn't know you were an army man. Where did you get a good conduct ribbon? It was given to me by Lee. Robert E. Gypsy Rose. <laughs> Of course, if she'd have met me 40 years ago, I might not have gotten it. Oh, I bet you were a tiger with the girlies back in those days, huh? Oh, I was a scalawag first class. <laughs> Beautiful hunk of man Victor used to Is call that me. right? I was the original. Oh, yeah? Well, that was back at the turn of the century. Yes, darn it. I wish it had never turned. <laughs> I'm not the man I used to be. Uh, don't let it throw you, Vic. If long skirts and bustles can come back, maybe you can too. Uh, bang, it's a much longer haul back for me than it was for them. <laughs> well, in my last picture, one scene called for me to kiss a girl. Do you know something? What? The director had to call in a stuntman to do it for me. I don't, don't tell me a stuntman is really necessary. Yeah, they had to do it at the same time. Nowadays, when I get hold of a girl, I won't let go. Ah, <laughs> uh, but, Victor, at least you have your memories. Ah, yes, my memories. What wonderful times I had. You really lived, huh? Yes. I wish that I could have had them transcribed so I could release them at this more convenient hour. <laughs> Say, look, stick around for a while, Victor. Boris Karloff's dropping in, and we're going to set up a Halloween party. Would you join us, maybe? Oh, I'd love to, Bing. 
Halloween's so much fun, you know. When I see those witches fly by, I get an irrepressible urge to fly right after them. Don't you try it. I don't think you get that fuselage off the ground. Yeah. Don't I know it? I have trouble getting it along the ground. I got that beat. I do all my walking on tiptoe, Vic. But yeah. come, you're not so old now. No, really. just how old would you say I am? Oh, I'd say you're around 60. I'm not much around the waist, man. <laughs> you may not believe this, but I go back to the days when Mickey Rooney was just a kid. Oh, well, that's before my time, Vic. Yeah. Well, gee, the way you talk, a fellow would think you're older than Jolson. Nobody is. No, I don't. Jolson was singing on one knee while I was still crawling on both of mine. Yeah, but he's a pretty amazing fellow, that Joel. He's going great. Still going great. Got a show of his own now, you know, and a good show, too. Yeah, Al's back singing on one knee again. I'm right back on both of mine. <laughs> Ah, but he's a great man. What a man, that Jolson. He's going to outlive us all. And I include Margaret O'Brien. <laughs> While we're on the subject of singers, Vic, I would like you and the folks to meet a young lady who's younger than Jolson, and whether Jolson will admit it or not, she's much prettier. Miss Gail Robbins. Thank you, Bing. Gail, may I present Victor Moore? Mr. Moore, it's really a pleasure to finally meet you. You know, my grandmother has a picture of you in her album. She does? Yes. You are a beautiful hunk of man, Vic, aren't you? Oh, yes. You see, Bang, I'm very original. I guess. <laughs> Imagine this, you're knowing Gail's grandma and everything. I'll be diddly there's a small world, isn't it? <laughs> you know, Mr. Moore, every time Grandmother looks at that picture of you in your bathing suit, she insists the Studebaker people stole their design from you. They didn't steal it. I made a beautiful buck modeling for that car. <laughs> Gail, this is your first visit on Philco Radio Time mm-hmm. as the sponsor likes to call it, so perhaps you'd better acquaint the people with your pipes. Oh, I'd love to, Bing. And your selection? I've got a right to sing the blues. She's got a right to sing the blues. <laughs> well, well, Gail, here's the microphone. Over yonder is John Scott Trotter. Though you'll have to take my word for it, there's a 30-piece orchestra directly in back of him. got a right to sing the blues I got a right to feel low down I got a right to hang around Down around the river A certain man in this old town Keeps dragging my poor heart around All I see for me is misery I got a right to sing the blues I got a right to moan Got a right to sit and cry down around the river. I know the deep blue 
sung with great feeling and understanding. You may take two giant steps. Now, taking up my emceeing cudgels once again, allow me to introduce one of Flicker Corner's finest actors, a gentleman who has raised more hairs than a mother rabbit, Mr. Boris Karloff. Boris, you're looking great. Brown as a berry. Thank you, Bing. I've been down in Palm Springs. What'd you go out to the desert for? You can get a lot of sunshine right here in town. You know, they're flying it in from Maine with the lobsters. Oh, but I just... <laughs> I just had to get away from Hollywood, Bing. My nerves are completely shattered. Well, you had the jitters, huh? Yeah, I've been working in the picture with Danny Kaye. <laughs> I meant to tell you, I caught DeMille's epic. You know, the picture Unconquered? I saw it last week, and... I must tell you, you made a pretty sharp Indian chief. Thank you, Bing. But having to run around with all the feathers stuck in my head, I felt like Hedda Hopper. <laughs> well, I enjoyed your performance anyhow. You were very convincing as an Indian. Well, I must have been. I've been invited to pose as the man of distinction by the makers of Kickapoo Joy Juice. <laughs> that old Kickapoo or young Kickapoo? <laughs> Medium kickapoo. <laughs> that ought to be quiet than that. <laughs> See, I think Hope is going to pose for some of those ads. He's going to be dressed as a washwoman, and he's wringing the juice out of Kelowna's mustache. <laughs> I wish you hadn't mentioned Mr. Hope's name, though. He frightens me. Well, he sends... <laughs> well, he sends chills up and down my spine, too, Boris. What's your beef? Well, I'm afraid of any man who runs around in public with a plastic nose glued on. Say, fellas. Oh, Victor, we got to talking here, and I forgot all about you. Oh, hello, Victor. Hello, Boris. Say, fellas, what are you standing around talking about Bob Hope for? It's Halloween. Let's go out and burn his house down. <laughs> Victor, you little imp. I didn't know Halloween meant so much to you. Oh, yes. Halloween always brings out the fiend in me. Look who's a fiend. <laughs> oh, I really am, Boris. You see, it all goes back to my childhood. When I was a boy, I used to sneak in the back door of the butcher shop and feel wet liver. <laughs> Yeah, 
our people. Come on. Well, I'll go with you, but I'll be bored to tears. Well, I... <laughs> I can't go, fellas. I promised my mother she wouldn't have to bail me out this year. Oh, your mother won't know about this. I know where there's a great big wooden fence we can fall down. Yeah? Where is it? Around the Gilmore Stadium. <laughs> I really don't think... I don't know. Uh, well, gee, can't we even go out and stick pins in doorbells? I guess it's all right if we do that. Stick pins in doorbells? What's the fun in that? Stick them in people. Yeah. <laughs> now you're talking. Oh, no, no, no. Then we'll stab them with Hope's nose. <laughs> Let's do something. <laughs> Yeah, then let's get some false faces and scare people. Oh, you and Boris get some. I'm all set the way I am. I... Oh, I've got a wonderful mask at home. Makes me look like Peter Lorre. <laughs> Listen, fellas, if you think you can scare people anymore, you're kidding yourself. It's getting so tough now, practically every member of the National Association of Hobgoblins, Ghosts, and Witches, you know what they've done? They've given up Halloween for making monkey shines. They have yeah. been... Oh, this is distressing. Personally, I think it's an excellent idea. But what made them do it? Well, they sent in a song here. I got it right here. It explains the whole thing. There's a copy here for each one of us. And we'll blend our voices in mellifluous harmony. We can dish it out to everybody, huh? Oh, goody. The three of us are going to sing. <laughs> this may be more frightening than my lorry mask. <laughs> Phantom. I'm a goblin. I'm a very wicked ghost. But conditions are the worst we've ever seen. When we look at all the headlines that they print from coast to coast, we're afraid to leave the house this Halloween. When the kids came home from school on roller skates or wagons, it was smart to follow them and make a noise like dragons. Now the kids in rocket ships go roaring through the clouds. Oh, I tell you, we are shaking in our shrouds. I'm a demon. I'm a werewolf. I'm a snapping, snarling spook. And it used to be a pleasure to be mean. But if children love that groaning from a box they call the juke, we won't leave our haunted house this Halloween. Well, gentlemen, that was really very well sung, and you're so right. What do you mean, Ken? said he, knowing full well what to expect. Well, Bing, this year it's really tough on spooks all over. Philco has just thrown a block on the spooks that haunt phonograph records. You know, those pixelated little people that hiss, hum, squeak, and snore through the solo parts and muffle up violins and voices. Well, you never hear a peep out of them anymore when your records are played with Philco's new electronic scratch eliminator. This brand new device from the Philco Laboratories lets you hear all the words and music. Banishes needle scratch and surface noise from any phonograph record, old or new. No hiss, no squeak, no scratch. It's all music with a blissful background of silence. Take a couple of your records you like best to your Philco dealer now. He'll be glad to demonstrate the Philco Electronic Scratch Eliminator on the Philco 1270 radio phonograph. 
along with the whole works in radio, including Philco Advanced FM. Go hear the Philco 1270, the last word in radio phonographs from Philco, the leader. Recently, I waxed the tune with Fred Waring and his fine vocal organization, the Yale Whippenpoof song. Now, we'd like to have Fred's great group with us tonight, but it's impossible. The expense involved, of course, is of no importance to us. It's merely that we shrink from tying up the nation's transportation facilities for a protracted period. I shall go it alone. You'll do anything when you transcribe anything. To the tables down at Morris, to the place where Louis dwells, to the dear old temple bar we love so well. Sing the whip and poofs assembled With their glasses raised on high And the magic of their voices Casts its spell Yes, the magic of their singing Of the songs we love so well Shall I wasting and the morning and the rest We will serenade our Louis While life and voice shall last Then we'll pass And be forgotten With a We're poor little lambs who have lost our way. Ba ba ba. We're little black sheep who have gone astray. time to close shop for tonight. Before locking the door, I want to thank Boris Karloff, Victor Moore, and Gail Robbins for being with us. It's a pleasure, Bing. Yeah, for me too, Bing, but Boris, I'm very unhappy with you. You haven't said one spooky thing all night. <laughs> Vic's right, Boris. You've been pretty docile. Can't you get just a little sinister before you go? Well, I might invite all of you over to my house for the Halloween party. I'm going to serve a delicacy of my very own. What's that? Frozen blood on a stick. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, boy, plasma sickles. <laughs> Say, if it comes in burnt almond, I may join you, kids. Say, Bing, who are your guests next week? Well, it'll be family night, Gail. The Nelsons are dropping in, Ozzie and Harriet. Ozzie says he's got something very important that he wants to talk to me about. I'll be sure to eavesdrop. By all means, do. And good night, Gail. Good night, Bing. Good night, Boris and Victor. Good night. Good night, Bing. Good night, folks. And thanks. Welcome back to Yesterday Today. That was the Bing Crosby Show. Coming up next is Jack Willie. Benny from 1948. Willie, Willie why are you still here? That candy. You've been checking that candy for the past half hour. I think it's clear of razor blades. Well, yeah, that's just disappointing. But you're probably right. I'll just start chowing down. Got to fuel up before my uh, little run. I think you can leave. Mm. You guys want any of this clam chowder? I, I made way more than I needed, let me tell you. <laughs> mm. Oh, well, you're going to need it if we're going to start spinning you around. You're, you're going to need to upchuck that whole ghost. Oh, is that happening right now? I forgot about that. All right, fellas, I am down for this exorcism. What do I got to do? Well, have a seat. In this here office chair? And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, now, if you feel the unholy spirit kind of coming up out of your esophagus, just let it go. Just chuck all that stuff out into the air. That's what's going to get this thing going. Can do. All right, boys. Now, you two take your belts off. Grab me that extension cord. We're going to tie this feller up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What on earth do I have to do with this? I just work here. Yeah. We got to secure this boy down. Give me your belts. Here, come here. Come here. Give me that thing. Hey, do we don't, still have that rope? We tied him up last week. Do we still have that rope lying around here somewhere? It's, I mean, unless oh, he did well, something. I guess rope would be easier. I would. Oh, my. Yeah, we have a rope. All right, this is going to take a little bit there. of time. We probably got to listen to something while we get this feller tied up. All right, this is Jack Benny from 1948. Beautiful segue, Willie. Beautiful. Watch my wrists, by the way. They're delicate. The Jack Benny Program, presented by America's largest selling cigarette, Lucky Strike. That's American. Lucky Strike. First again with tobacco men. Yes, first again with the men who really know tobacco. The independent buyers, auctioneers, and warehousemen. And a recent impartial survey reveals that more of these independent tobacco experts smoke Lucky Strike regularly than the next two leading brands combined. Remember, these are the experts who, year after year, can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. And for their own personal smoking enjoyment, they choose Lucky Strike. So let this overwhelming preference of the tobacco experts lead you to real deep down smoking enjoyment. Just light up a Lucky and puff by puff you'll see. L-S-M-F-T. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And this fine Lucky Strike tobacco means a world of smoking enjoyment for you. Yes, you'll like Lucky Strike. <laughs> The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, tonight is Halloween, and in Beverly Hills, as in communities all over the country, the little goblins have already started through the neighborhood playing trick or treat. Well, this is the last house in the block. Before we go to the next street, I think we ought to put all the stuff we got in one big bag. You go first, Bobby. I'm Joy. Bobby and me changed masks. Well, it doesn't make any difference. Let's all empty our pockets and see what we got. I'll go first. I got a piece of fudge, a 
stick of gum and two lollipops. I got an apple, some popcorn, two cookies, and a chocolate bar. I got some lemon jobs, a peppermint stick, and a donut. I got a Tootsie Roll, a packet of... <laughs> package of lifesavers and a can of strong heart. <laughs> hmm, dog food, huh? Hey, fellas, we're wasting time. Let's get over to the next street and knock on some more doors. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah go. let's go. Hey, Bobby, there's that new kid that moved into the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Hey, Butch. Hiya, fellas. You playing trick-or-treat, too? Yeah, I've been to every house in the neighborhood. You have? Hey, what do you got in that big gunny sack? A walnut and two jelly beans. <laughs> ah, Beverly Hills. <laughs> Say, Butch, I want you to meet the treasurer of our club, Mr. Jack Benny. Hiya, Mr. Benny. Hello, Butch. You can be very proud that you've met Mr. Benny. I can't? Why? You've just shaken the hand that knocked out Gene Tunney. Gosh, Gene Tunney. With that old right cross to that kisser in the third round. Right, killer? Well, I, uh... I know that you kids have a tendency to exaggerate. It, it wasn't the seventh round. <laughs> That's what it was, eh? Tell Butch what Mr. Benny went to England this year. Yeah, Mr. Benny was the most decorated athlete in the United States Olympic team. <laughs> Gee, what if that was Ian? Are you kidding? In the same afternoon, he won the 100-meter dash, the pole vault, the discus throw, the broad jump, the high hurdles, and the diving contest. Holy smoke. And then he had to run 12 miles back to the Palladium to be in time for his evening performance. <laughs> Gee whiz! And it wasn't easy running with all those medals on. Oh, boy, what an athlete. Yeah, but Mr. Benny doesn't want anybody to know it. He even wears big pants in his coat so his muscles won't show. <laughs> and not, on, not only that, Butch, Mr. Benny's in the movies, too. He made a picture called... Oh, come on, fellas, let's go. <laughs> You know, Halloween will be over before we know it. Now, let's go ring some more doorbells. Okay. Hey, kids, this is the street where Mary Livingston lives. Mary Livingston? Isn't that the girl you said was nuts about you? Yeah, yeah. I'm going over and call on her. Listen, I'll see you back here in a few minutes. Okay. Gee, I hope Mary's maid is out tonight so she'll open the door herself. Boy, will this mask fool her. Trick or treat? Oh, Pauline, it's probably some kid. I'll go and see. Mary, it's me. Oh, for heaven's sake. Pauline, come out from under the bed. Oh, did the wolfman go away? It's not a wolfman. It's Mr. Benny. He pulled, pulled his toupee down over his face and cut two eyes in it. <laughs> yeah. Say, Mary, do you mind if I come in and sit down for a few minutes? I'm worn out. Worn out? Why are you so tired? I don't know. I guess I haven't gotten over the Olympics, you know? What? I mean, I walked over from Olympic Boulevard. <laughs> oh, boy. Let me get into that chair. Say, Jack, I received an advanced copy of the Saturday Evening Post, and there's a big article in it about you. There is? Let me see it. Here you are. Oh, yeah. Say, look at that picture of me. 
Hey, I look pretty good, don't I? A lot of color in my face. Put on your glasses. That's an ad for Campbell's tomato soup. <laughs> oh. You were looking at a tomato. Thank heaven. I thought I had a stem growing out of my head. <laughs> There's your picture on the other side. Oh, yeah. And there are my writers around the swimming pool. <laughs> what are you laughing at? They look like four gophers coming up for air. <laughs> I can't understand it. I pay them enough to get their teeth straightened. <laughs> Gosh, my feet hurt. Mary, do you mind if I slip off my shoes? No, go right ahead. Okay. Ah, that feels better. You know, Mary, we've walked all over the neighborhood. Jack, I know that's a nice bunch of kids who belong to the Beavers Club, but you're too old for them. But, Mary, it's good for kids to have a hero, you know, an idol. Someone they can worship. I know, but what kind of an excuse are you going to give them Wednesday when they find out you weren't elected president? <laughs> That's what worries me. The kids won't believe it, you know. They'll demand a recount. Oh, well, I'll think of something, you know. Mr. Benny! Mr. Benny! We're waiting for you! Oh, the beavers are calling me. I gotta go. <laughs> All right, Claire. I'm glad you stopped by. Yeah, good night, Mary. Good night. Gee, Miss Livingston, did Mr. Benny have to go away so soon? Mm, don't worry, Pauline. He'll be back. Well, how do you know? He forgot his shoes. <laughs> Here. Thanks. <laughs> All right, fellas, I'm coming. Now, let's go ring some more doorbells. Yeah, and let's hurry. I gotta be home by 10 o'clock. Me, too. That's what I told me, old lady. Butch. Butch, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Now, what kind of language is that for a beaver? Told me, old lady. Told me, old lady. <laughs> Kids. Kids, beavers. Did you hear that? I didn't hear anything. Neither did I. But you must have heard it. There was an echo when I said, oh, no. No, I'm not going to say that again. Say what? Oh, me <laughs> yeah, I didn't even say it then. What's the matter with me, anyway? Oh, well, come on, kids. Come on, let's play some more trick-or-treat. Hey, Joey, I'm new here. What goes with this jerk? <laughs> he ain't no jerk. He's just tired from the Olympics. Come on, come on, Beaver. Don't lag back. Let's go. <laughs> Gee, kids, we've walked about three miles since we left Mary's house. Hey, Mr. Benny, isn't this the house where Dennis Day lives? Yeah. Hey, let me go up alone. I want to scare Dennis's mother. You kids wait here. I think I'll look in the front window first, see if Mrs. Day is home. Good, it's open, too. Oh, Dennis! <laughs> Dennis, where are you? I'm in the library, Benita. <laughs> Dennis, stop imitating Ronald Coleman. Now go sit down and finish your dinner. Okay. Say, Mother, why are you ca carrying that baseball bat? In case some fathead comes to the door to play trick or treat. <laughs> hmm. Dennis, what happened to all the mustard that was in this jar? Oh, I used it to play a Halloween trick. A Halloween trick with mustard? Yeah, I smeared it all over your new nightgown. <laughs> what? You smeared mustard on my new nightgown? Not so loud. You're not supposed to find out till you go to bed. 
Oh, for heaven's sake. Oh, Mother, what are you mad about? I was a good sport last Halloween when I found my suit tied in knots and a dead mouse in my pocket. Oh, that's horrible. Who played a stupid trick like that on you? I did. (laughs) Every day they're getting babies mixed up in the hospital, but I had to get the right one. (laughs) Now, Dennis. Dennis, you've got to rehearse your song for the program. Yes, Mother. out of here. I wouldn't go near Mrs. Day with that baseball bat in her hand. Hey, Mr. Benny, did you scare Dennis's mother? Nah, there was nobody home. Well, I thought I heard somebody singing with a beautiful voice. Oh, that was me. <laughs> Down among the sheltering palms uh, uh, my honey uh, my honey uh. Hey, kids. Hey, kids, here's a friend of mine coming down the street. You hide in the bushes and I'll put on my mask and scare him. Okay. <laughs> Oh, boy, when he sees his mask, he'll jump out of his skin. Boom! Hello, Mr. Benny! <laughs> oh, oh, hello, Mr. Kitzel. How'd you recognize me? <laughs> Who else wears button shoes? <laughs> Oh, yes, yeah. Well, Mr. Kitzel, uh, what are you doing out on the street? You know, don't you know this is Halloween? Yes, I know. This is the night when hobgoblins and spooks and monsters and witches are roaming the streets. Well, then what are you doing out? I'm looking for my wife. <laughs> oh. You know, we went to the movies and we got separated by the crowd. Oh, the movies? Now, what picture did you see? Johnny Belinches. <laughs> no, 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 Mr. Kitzel. Mr. Kitzel, that's Johnny Belinda. Oh. And wasn't Jane Wyman wonderful in that picture? She played such an unusual part. You know, she was dumb and she couldn't speak a single word. 
To hear my wife like that. Oh, your wife talks a lot, huh? All the time, all the time. What does she talk about? Who listens? <laughs> you know, I hope someday, you know, tonight especially, that she gets home early so she can straighten up the house. Some kids tipped it over. <laughs> tipped over your house? Yeah. It must be awfully small. Small? In the morning, if you get out of the right side of the bed, you're in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. If you get out on the left side of the bed, you're in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And if you get out of the front of the bed, you're on the sunset bus. <laughs> Gee, you have got a small house. Yeah. Well, goodbye, Mr. Benny. Goodbye, Mr. Kitzel. It was nice uh, meeting you again. Likewise, I'm convinced. <laughs> hey, kids. Hey, kids, Beavers. Beavers, where are you? Well, here we are, Mr. Benny. When you were talking to that man, we rang some more doorbells. Yeah, we're dividing up the stuff we got. We dumped it out on the sidewalk. We got a lollipop, a stick of gum, a penny, a bottle of Coke, and a Tootsie Roll. I'll take the Coca-Cola. I'll take the Tootsie Roll. I'll take the lollipop. Now, it's between you and me, Mr. Benny. Which do you want, the stick of gum or the penny? <laughs> well, I, I guess I'll take the stick of gum. Okay, get your foot off the penny. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Say, kids, look at while we're in this neighborhood, let's go over to Phil Harris's house. Okay. Ah, here we are, boys. This is Mr. Harris's house. Now, look at you kids go up to the door, and I'll hide here behind these bushes. Okay. Huh? You know, fellas, this has been an awful tame Halloween. Yeah, let's have some fun. Let's tip over Mr. Harris's trash can. Okay, here it goes! <laughs> Gee, doesn't he ever buy anything in cans? <laughs> Go, go ahead, go ahead and ring the bell. Okay, I'll ring the bell and then we'll all hide. I guess Mr. Harris isn't home. His wife answered the door. Yeah, look at her standing there. Isn't she beautiful? Well, who is it? Who rang the bell? <laughs> She's beautiful, all right, but she sure got a deep voice. <laughs> Oh, there you are. Hey, you boys out celebrating Halloween? Uh-huh. Trick or treat. Oh, trick or treat, huh? Well, which would you kids rather have? We'd rather have the treat. Okay, here goes. Oh, won't you come with me to Alabama? There will be my dear old mammy. She's frying eggs and broiling ham. Bell! That's what I like about the South Hyatt, Jackson. <laughs> you with these boys, or are you working solo? <laughs> Look, I'm with the boys. And we're having a lot of fun playing trick-or-treat. Well, I bet you can't wait till Easter when the fuzzy wuzzy bunny rabbit hides it in a bitty <laughs> Never mind that, Phil. You just don't know how to enjoy yourself. Maybe you're right. Come on in, Jackson. Hey, come on in, kids. Okay, come on, Beavers. Come on. 
Phil, is Alice home? No, Alice took the children to a Halloween party and I had to stay home with her money. <laughs> well, if you ever need a sitter, call me up. <laughs> So you're, you're here all alone, huh? Yeah, but I don't mind, Jackson. I've been sitting here looking through my old picture album. You know, when I was a kid. Can we see them, Mr. Harris? Sure. Hey, look, there's a picture of me in school when I was in the first grade. See it? Gee, what a cute bunch of little kids. But the teacher looks kind of familiar. That ain't the teacher, that's me. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were kind of slow in school, weren't you, Phil? Yeah, the teachers didn't seem to like me either. They were always picking on me. Did they make you stand in the corner? Listen, Junior, I stood in the corner so much I was the only kid in class with a triangular forehead. <laughs> triangular forehead? Gee, how'd you get rid of it? He massaged it till the point went to the top. <laughs> Say, Phil, this picture here, that, that's Remley, isn't it? Yeah, that's Frankie. <laughs> That picture was taken 18 years ago, the day he got out of school. Oh, on graduation day. Well, why isn't he wearing a cap and gown? Look, Jackson, the school Remley went to, you didn't graduate. You just had to be able to get over the wall. <laughs> oh. Incidentally, he never would have made it if I wasn't there to give him a boost. <laughs> Phil, I think you're just... Oh, uh, excuse me a minute, Jackson. Hello, this is the residence of Phil Harris and Alice Faye and... Oh, I'm sorry, honey. I didn't know it was you or I'd have given you a top billing. <laughs> no, I'm not alone. Jackson dropped in with a bunch of kids, so I brought out my album and we got to talking about old times. You know, effervescing. That's reminiscing. <laughs> hmm. I know, honey. One of the kids just told me. <laughs> what did you call me for, baby? Uh, oh, okay. I'll be right over and get you. Well, we've got to run along, Phil. Okay, Jackson, see you tomorrow. So long, kids. Bye. Bye. Gee, that Phil Harris is a nice guy. But I wish his wife, Alice Faye, was home. Yeah, she's beautiful. She certainly is. She's got the bluest eyes I've ever seen. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Come over here under the street light. <laughs> There. Now, come on, kids. We've got about five more houses. Now, now, look at where we go next. Hey, I know a good Halloween trick. What? Well, there are five of us. Let's go tip over Don Wilson. No. <laughs> well, we mustn't do that. But, but I know what. Let's go over to Mr. Wilson's house anyway. Okay. Come on, beavers. Come on. It's getting late. <laughs> Kids, here, here's Don Wilson's house. Gee, it's dark inside, but the door is open. Look, at, I better go in alone first. Okay. Wait here. Don. Don. Hmm, it's so dark in here. Don. Don, where are you? Jack. Jack, we're in here. Me and the sportsman. Oh. Well, Don, what are you doing in this big house with, with all the lights out? We're telling ghost stories. Jack, we have a wonderful Halloween song we want to do. You have? Yeah. There are a few places where you join in, and there's one place where we want you to do a weird, crazy laugh. A weird, crazy laugh? All right. Let's start. Well, we have to wait about 10 seconds yet. Why? We can't start till 926 Bull of a Witch time. Oh. 
All right, but look at—we've only got about—we've only got about five seconds more. Ready, everybody? on a hill full of spooks but we will frighten them away take off my toupee come with the wolves we will call this is our night to howl and we'll hoot like an owl hoot hoot we are the goblins who know where the warm breezes blow and tobacco leaves grow lsmft that's a smoke for me so take a tip from a ghost use tobacco they told it's the one we like most. Oh, oh. Now? Go! Oh. Now? Yes! Go! <laughs> Aren't we the ones? Whoops! Look, there goes the skeleton. I'm shaking like gelatin. Before you get frightened, you better start lighting the lucky and then we can go. So take a puff and you'll see. And we're sure you'll agree. And say lucky's for me. They are first again with tobacco men. Now, if you hand us our broom, we'll be leaving here soon. And go haunting for F.E. Wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Well, Jack, uh, maybe we could use it as a commercial on the program sometime. No, and it would scare all the people. Well, I better go. The beavers are waiting for me. So long, Don. So long. Ouch. Hmm. Imagine putting a mouse trap in a fruit bowl. If he doesn't want people to eat his fruit, why doesn't he keep it locked up like I do? <laughs> hey, kids. Kids, come on out. We'll... Kids. Now, where did they go? I better give the beaver a call. Oh! <laughs> Gee, that's the beaver's distress signal. I better hurry. Coming, fellas! Coming! Gee, I wonder what happened. I hope it's nothing serious. Well, there they are behind that fence. What happened, fellas? What Stevie happened? Stevie tore his pants climbing over the fence. Yes, and I want to go home. Oh, come on, Stevie. That's nothing to cry over. What's so bad about tearing a hole in your pants? I was carrying my rabbit there, and he got away. <laughs> I want to go home. Oh, don't let that rip in your pants spoil our fun. Now, I'll climb over the fence, and I'll fix it for you. <laughs> well, so long, fellas I better go home, too We all better go home huh? Okay, Mr. Benny But before we break up We want to say something to you What is it? What is it, man? For he's a jolly good beaver For he's a jolly good beaver For he's a jolly good beaver He's only 39! <laughs> 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 
Ah, uh, thanks. Thanks a lot, fellas. Thanks a lot. See you at the next meeting. Good night. Good night. Ah, gee, what a night. Such fun. Ah, it's great to be young. Uh-oh. I wonder... Well, it, it won't hurt to try. Trick or treat? I'm sorry, but I'm only the watchman in this bank. Understand it. Some people never want to get into the spirit of this thing. <laughs> well, I might as well go home, I guess. Hop, hop, till you drop. Skip, skip. Don't you trip. Step on a crack, you break your back. Oh, darn it, I stepped on one. Man, <laughs> ah, nobody saw me. <laughs> For I'm a jolly good beaver For I'm a jolly good beaver For I'm a jolly good beaver Why don't I pay my dues? Why don't I pay my Okay, Sydney, you, uh, you feeling pretty tied up now, or? Yep, snug as a bug in a rug Or uh, snug as a poltergeist in a uh, blanket geist that didn't really work, did it? Boy, Sydney, you got chowder breath. Oof, sheesh. Sydney, how much of that chowder did you eat? Um, a few cans. It was a little expired, but it smelled okay. Okay. Your breath smells like a cat's belch. <sighs> can we just get this over with so Willie can leave? Are you uh, smelling cat belches often there, Willie? Uh, well, mostly dog food, but sometimes cat food. Hey, a fellas gotta eat. Uh-huh. All right, what do, what do, we, do with, uh, what do we do with Sydney now? I gotta say a few words, then y'all gotta start spinning them. <clears throat> if y'all are ready, get your arms uh, set on that chair there. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, I hereby pray to uh, St. Michael, the old uh, archangel, uh, in nomi di patris. Uh, let's see. Oh, start spinning them now. Get get, get whipping right. around here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, nomi, nomi di patris, wow. uh, spiritu, wow. uh, name of the sun, and the sun wow. ghost, and the sun, Sydney, amen. stop kicking your legs out. You're hitting me. Sorry, it's fun. Uh, put, tuck your legs in. Down, spin them. Come on, NASCAR. Woo, come on, get them around there. I'm, I'm spinning them. Slap them. It ain't coming wow. out. Come on. Wow. Slap them? Yeah, hit them. Wow. Hit them. Uh, okay. Holy wow. Church venerates wow. you. A guardian wow. of the souls. Wow. The redeemed into heaven. Wow. Come on. Wow. Satan, be gone. Wow. You guys gotta hit me like that. Jeez. He said slap you, Sydney. Sorry. I'm getting the, Willie's getting the expert little, here. Getting a little dizzy. Uh, I feel the unholy spirit leaving you. Oh, oh there oh. it is. Oh, it's disgusting. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Oh, it got oh. my eyes. Oh, oh. Yes. Wow. Oh, my head. Oh, jeez. Oh, that... Oh, Sydney. You guys have to you're slap puke. me like that. Oh, Sydney's uh. puke is everywhere. This is the grossest thing that ever has happened on this show. I'm gonna go lie down, guys. I'm... Oh, dizzy. 
Well, well, this is uh, definitely there. not what I was uh, looking looking forward to this Halloween, Willie. So thanks for the experience, I guess. Well, uh, now lying before you is the expelled spirit. <laughs> uh, it kind of looks like uh, Upchuck clam chowder to me, Willie. Precisely. You mean to tell me that this half-digested clam chowder is actually the evil unholy spirit? Well, of course it is. What'd you expect it to look like? I, well, you know, okay. I guess I really didn't think of that. I, I mean, you yeah, got me there. The devil himself is nothing but a bread bowl. <laughs> well, to celebrate, uh, this is the last episode of our Halloween show is Ozzy and Harriet from 1948. It's uh, all about a haunted house. So here is Ozzy and Harriet. Ooh. McLean, you want to get a towel or? I'll go get Sydney's janitor card, I guess. Did you know, Harriet, that there are over 320,000 men in the National Guard today? No, I didn't. And did you know that every member of the Guard reports for training with his unit at least once a week and receives pay for it? No, I didn't. And that they now have an aviation branch called the Air National Guard? Did you know that dinner is ready and it's time to go to work with our 1847 Rogers Brothers silver plate? No, I didn't. And that America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers? That I did. America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. From Hollywood, International Silver Company, creators of 1847 Rogers Brothers Silver Plate, presents The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, starring America's favorite young couple, Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. excitement in the air. A mysterious change has taken place in the vicinity of 1847 Rogers Road. Remember the friendly old elm tree in front of the house? Well, it doesn't look friendly anymore. The full moon shining through it and on one of the bare branches is a big black owl. And the old dependable weather vane on top of the garage. Gee, it looks different now. I'm not sure if it's a weather vane or not, the way the shadows fall. Could be a witch on a broomstick. It's spooky out tonight. In the Nelson kitchen, there's an atmosphere of feverish activity and excited preparations. What are you looking for, David? We're trying to find some paper bags, big ones. Well, look in the bottom drawer there. There, that's a good one, Ricky. Yeah, but what do I do with the potatoes? No, not that drawer, Ricky, on the other side. Hey, what's going on out here? We're getting some paper bags. Sound like you were taking the kitchen apart. Halloween, boy. We're going to have fun tonight, Pop. Yeah, it looks plenty spooky out to me. What do you have there, dear? Oh, I was just rummaging around upstairs a bit, and I thought the boys might make a costume out of these old work pants. Gee, Pop, they're pretty dirty. Not only that, dear, they're covered with paint. Well, what do you expect, Harriet? I wore them when I painted the breakfast nook. I think you did a better job on the pants than you did on the breakfast nook. (laughs) How about you, Ricky? Would you like to be a painter? Will you get your white cap and stick a couple of brushes in your belt? Golly, Pop, those pants are pretty big. Oh, I don't know. Let's see how they look on you. Here, step into them. Put your foot in there. Yeah. Now the other foot. Yeah. 
Now pull them up. Mm. Oh, that's a wonderful costume. The headless painter. <laughs> Anyhow, Pop, we don't need costumes. We got masks. That's enough. Well, you suit yourself. We used to wear costumes when I was a kid. That's just for little kids, Pop. Me and David are going trick or treat. Trick or treat? Sure. We ring a guy's doorbell and say trick or treat. If he doesn't give us cookies or something, we let him have it. There you are, dear. That's Halloween, 1948. Sounds more like Chicago, 1925. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, Pop. Didn't you used to do that when you were a kid? No, David. As I recall, we used to go in more for the real spirit of Halloween. You know, the spooky, scary stuff. What do you mean, Pop? Oh, I, I mean, we'd find some old haunted house and go prowling around looking for ghosts and stuff. You sure were brave, Pop. Oh, not necessarily, David. Pop, did you ever see a ghost? Oh, I won't say I saw a ghost, but I will say I saw something. A spook? Well, I don't know. It was white and shimmering, indistinct. It wavered back and forth. Sometimes it was there, sometimes it wasn't there. White and shimmering. Did they have television sets then, Pop? <laughs> No, Ricky, this was right out in the center of the living room. I'm afraid Halloween's different nowadays. All the wonderful, spooky, hobgoblin atmosphere, that's all changed now. Can't help feeling a little sad when you see the joys of your childhood disappearing in a changing world. Halloween just isn't exciting anymore. Are you going to cry, Pop? <laughs> no, It's just the memories coming back. You sure must have had fun, Pop. Do you think there's really such a thing as a ghost? A real ghost, I mean? Well, I don't know. In a spooky old house with the moon shining through the broken shutters, you imagine you see some pretty strange things. I'd sure like to see a ghost. Why would I run? Well, there's the old McAdams house up on the hill. That's a pretty spooky-looking place. I wouldn't be at all surprised if there were a ghost or two lurking around in there. Do you think we could see one if we went up there, Pop? It's very possible. Oh, Ozzy. David, your father's just kidding. Oh, let the boys have a little fun, Harriet. After all, it's Halloween. Come on, grab the bags, Ricky. We gotta get going. Hey, wait for me. Don't you think a lot of the spirit of Halloween has been lost? Oh, I don't know, dear. The kids seem to have a good time. That's the important thing. Oh, they pretend to enjoy it. But where's the fun? Trick or treat. What is the adventure? What danger is there in getting a handful of cookies from Mrs. Dunkel? You've never eaten Mrs. Dunkel's cookies. <laughs> have we had any callers yet? Oh, about a dozen of them. You should have seen little Julie Thornberry. She was all dressed up in one of Catherine's old dresses, and she had a stocking on her head. Really? Oh, I'm sorry I missed it. And little Georgie Dunkel. He had the cutest clown suit with skeleton sewed on it. We sure have some cute little kids in this neighborhood. I'll get it. Oh, wait a minute. Let me get it. I want to have some fun, too. Yes? Trick or treat. <laughs> Wait a minute. Aren't you a little big to be playing trick or treat? Trick or treat. How old are you? Fifty-three. <laughs> ever heard of a grown man playing trick-or-treat? Well, my little boy's over on the next block. I'm just helping him out. You don't even have a costume. What do you think I am, a child? <laughs> Come on, trick-or-treat. It's a little unusual. What happens if I don't give you a treat? Well, I sneak back later and ring your doorbell. 
So what? Then when you answer it, I punch you in the nose. <laughs> Come on, trick or treat. Really funny. Here are some cookies. Only three? Well, they've got to go around. There are other children, too, you know. Okay. Oh, they're chocolate. My kid likes chocolate cookies. Thanks. Well, that's all right. Uh, how old is your little boy? Twenty-five. <laughs> one of the kids in the neighborhood, one of the older kids. I say, would you do me a favor if you're not too busy? Yeah, what is it? Would you stop down at the store and get some candies or something? The rate we're going, we're going to run out of stuff. Okay, I... Hey, what are you doing? Just putting a couple of cookies in your pocket in case you got stopped for trick or treat. Some of the boys get pretty rough. Oh, Harriet, please. You don't think I'm afraid of a bunch of kids? No, suit yourself. Last Halloween, Joe Randolph bumped into the backfield of the high school football team and came home minus his trousers. <laughs> no kidding. I understand they have a, a pretty good team this year. Why don't you just take these four cookies, just in case? You better give me two more. The ends might be with them. <laughs> Alecko, don't take my pants off. The cookies are in my pocket. They're very nice cookies. Wonderful cookies. What's this about cookies? Oh, it's you, Thorn. What a cook what a corny trick, hiding behind the head. Oh, just keeping in the spirit of Halloween. You should see what I did to Duncan a little while ago. <laughs> did you scare him? What did you do? I sneaked up on his front porch, yeah. rang the doorbell, and ran like the dickens. He didn't know what to say. <laughs> then when he went in the house, I went around to the back and started rattling the back door. <laughs> oh, why was he scared? <laughs> what else did you do, Patty? Well, I waited a few minutes, and I tapped on the window and moaned like this. <laughs> and I, I rattled the door again, and I moaned. And I began pounding on the side of the house. Yeah. And then what? Then the police came. <laughs> that uncle just has no sense of humor. Did the police do anything to you? No, just told me to stop annoying people. They took my soap away, too. <laughs> You're just a big kid at heart, aren't you, Thorny? That's all in fun. Huh? What's Halloween nowadays? Nothing happens. My boy Will's out playing trick-or-treat. Uh, David and Ricky, too. Somehow Halloween sort of lost the old kick. Yeah, it sure isn't like it was when we were kids. You know, there was an old haunted house in our town, and every Halloween us kids used to go prowling through it. Really spooky. Sure, that's the real spirit of Halloween. Now, you take the old McAdams place up on Franklin Avenue. There's a perfect haunted house. There's some way to, to sneak in there. You mean you go in there at night? Oh, sure. Why not? Oh, no reason. I just never cared for the looks of the place myself. Those grotesque chimneys, staring windows. Sort of gives me the creeps. Bonnie, you're kidding. No, I'm not, Oz. There's something frightening about it. Especially at night. What an imagination. Well, I've got to get down to the drugstore. I promised Harry I'd get some candy and stuff. Okay, Oz. See you later. See, uh, Say, uh, when you go by the McAdams place, don't let the ghosts get you. Well, that's right. I, I go right by there, don't I? Yes, sir. <laughs> not afraid, are you, Oz? <laughs> Thorny, cut it out. If you walk down the store with me, I'll buy you soda. <laughs> And we saw a ghost. A real ghost? A ghost, a real ugly one with sharp teeth and a long nose and pointed ears and hair all over his face. And first we thought it was Pop. <laughs> That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said about me. I mean, we thought it was 
was you trying to scare us. Oh, boys, don't be silly. You guys probably saw the moon shining through the window, and your imagination did the rest. Okay, go up and see for yourself. Yeah, why don't you, Pop? Yeah, why don't you, Pop? Well, I'd be glad to, except I promised to take your mother to the movies. Since when? <laughs> well, that is, I, I've been thinking about it all day. There's a wonderful triple Halloween show at the Bijou. The son of Frankenstein, Dracula's daughter, and a date with Judy. I wasn't counting on the movies, dear. In fact, I'd much rather you'd go up and give us a report on the ghost. Oh, it's so silly. Go ahead, Pop. Have some fun. Go ahead, oh. dear. Well, okay. If it makes you happy, I'll go up and visit the haunted house. Boy, Pop. Daddy. I thought for a minute there you were getting scared, Pop. Oh, David. Oh, just remember this, boys. There's not a cowardly bone in your father's body. Of course, every now and then the meat around them gets a little jumpy. <laughs> meat around <laughs> What am I laughing at? You hear it over the back fence? You hear it on the bus? They talk about it at bridge clubs and when they meet on Main Street. What is this topic of conversation? Why, just this. The four patterns created by 1847 Rogers Brothers are the loveliest in town. Yep, it's true. The four patterns created by 1847 Rogers Brothers are unexcelled. No other silver plate is designed with such imagination, such feeling for detail. And each of the beautiful 1847 patterns is designed with you in mind. Designed to fit your tastes. Your scheme of decoration. Your dreams. If you like modern, dramatic things, for example, the 1847 pattern for you is eternally yours. Eternally yours is simple and sleek in line, and each piece is crowned with exquisite openwork, even the knives. That's a feature you'll find only in 1847 Rogers Brothers. And in every way, eternally yours is proof that the beautiful silverware, which bears the year mark 1847, is the finest in America. So see it tomorrow. Eternally yours. One of the four love patterns created by the one and only 1847 Rogers Brothers. Warning to all ghosts. Beware. Ozzie Nelson will get you if you don't watch out. Yes, indeed. Ozzie Nelson, arch enemy of all ghosts, goblins, spirits, and similar supernatural phenomena, is on the march. Target for tonight. The ghost that walks in the old McAdams house. See the courageous Ozzie as he strides firmly across the porch of 1847 Rogers Road. Chin up, flashlight swinging at his side. Down the steps, down the walk. And now he stops. Every muscle tense, eyes alert, nose twitching... A white, filmy object moves out of the darkness. Who's there? It's me, Mr. Nelson. Oh, oh hello, Annie Lou. I came over to show you my Halloween costume. I'm going to a party. Where are you going, Mr. Nelson? Oh, I'm uh, on an errand for the boys. Oh, the boys. They went up to the old McAdams house tonight, and they think they saw a ghost. Really, Mr. Nelson? Yeah, I'm going up there, you know, to prove to them it was just their imagination. You're going in that spooky old house tonight, alone? 
Well, of course. Evidently, you haven't heard the story about the McAdams place. Well, I've heard some silly rumor it's supposed to be haunted or something. Oh, but it is, Mr. Nelson. I heard the whole story from the people who live next door. The story goes that years ago in Scotland, in the old Haggis Castle, the young and beautiful Lady Jane McAdams had a quarrel with her lover, Douglas McDingle McCampbell McTavish. A Scotchman. Yes, yes much. Well, anyway, Lady Jane pushed her lover, Douglas McDingle McCampbell McTavish, down the stairs. Down, down, down he went. His head banging on each stone step. Thump, thump, crunch, crunch. His bagpipes mournfully playing, the Campbells are coming. As he lay at the bottom of the staircase dying, Douglas McDingle McCampbell McTavish, or as they called him, Mac, as, as he lay at the bottom of the staircase, he took an oath. Oh, I'd swear a little myself. <laughs> he took an oath that he'd follow Lady Jane wherever she went. His spirit would always haunt her. Now, where did she go? She came here to the United States and built the old McCaffrey's place. No. And they say that on nights of a full moon like tonight, the giant ghost of Lord McTavish returns. And while the eerie notes of bagpipes ring in the night air... He prowls the house in search of Lady Jane. <laughs> ah, it, it makes a good story, but nobody in his right mind would believe it. Well, you believe it, don't you, Mr. Nelson? Yes, but I'm not. I'm. Uh, uh, first, it's a lot of nonsense. Okay, Mr. Nelson, but remember, if you go up there tonight and see the ghost and get a terrible fright and drop dead, don't come around saying I didn't warn you. Happy Harriet. Oh, hello, dear. You back so soon? Uh, no, I haven't gone yet. As a matter of fact, I, I've been thinking this over, and I don't think I'll go. The whole idea seems sort of childish. Well, what about the boys, dear? You promised them. I, I, I know, but, but I mean, after all, isn't it silly for a full-grown man? It, it's only a wild goat, uh, a goose. Uh, it, it, that, that's all it is. Well, if you'd and, like, dear, I'll go with you. And the boys... What did you say? I said I'll go with you. There are times, Harriet, when a man likes to be alone. Oh. Well, all right, dear. Get your coat. This isn't one of those times. Don't get nervous now, dear. Just keep cool. Oh, I'm cool, all right. Matter of fact, I'm shivering a little. Just hold my hand good and tight. I can't. Mm -hmm. You're squeezing mine so hard the fingers are asleep. Sorry. Is that better? It's better. How do we get through this iron fence? There's a gate here someplace, I think. It'll probably be bolted and spoil all our fun. They usually have a huge lock on these things and thick chains. Now, here we are. Oh. What? No. <laughs> you push it open. Here, will you take the flashlight a second? Thanks. And, and, and the baseball bat, too. <laughs> Ooh. Doesn't this place look weird? Yes, it is pretty spooky in that. Shall I uh, sing something to keep your nerve up? If you want to, dear. It'll keep you from getting scared. Did you ever think 
hearse goes by. <laughs> Someday you are going to die. <laughs> There's a spook in the meadow. Dear, dear, might frighten the ghost. Must be a haunted house. The door squeaks. I, I don't know why you insisted on coming along, Harriet. I could just as easily have come by myself. Ozzy, something has hold of my coat. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> who, who closed the door? Didn't you? No. Oh, it must have been the wind. Gee, this place sure looks creepy with the moon streaming through the windows. What was that? What? Now, don't be frightened. I, I'm right beside you. Ozzy. There's something in this room. It's coming toward us. It's getting closer. Harriet, quick, my baseball bat. Hang on, careful with that. Oh. Hello, Harriet. Huh? You old trickster. Oh, I just thought I'd have a little fun with all the talk that's been going around about this place. So you're the ghost David and Ricky saw. <laughs> I should have guessed by the description. You should have a bagpipe, though, Thorny. A bagpipe? Oh, sure. Haven't you heard? This place is supposed to be haunted by a Scotch ghost who plays the bagpipe. And each night he comes down the stairs playing some old... Well, you do have one, Thorny. Where is it? <laughs> oh, you sure play awful. First thing you think, I don't play at all. <laughs> but I hear a bagpipe. Listen, I can hear it plain as day. Ozzy, up there, the head of the stairs. The ghost. The ghost of Lord McTavish. Well, we've seen it. Let's go. <laughs> Well, let's all keep calm about this. We'll, we'll just be quiet. Oh, it's, it's getting late, Tony. Let's get out of here. Mommy, you're carrying my coat. Wait. Oz, the door won't open. I keep turning my hand on it. It won't open. Stop it, Tony. You've got hold of my nose. <laughs> this way, boys. Tony, the door's over here. Follow me. I'll make one of my own. <laughs> No, thanks. I can't understand it. There must be some scientific explanation. Did I seem very scared out there? Oh, no, not especially. I mean, did I act in any way that might give somebody the impression that this illusion we saw uh, frightened me? Well, no, you were very level-headed about it. Of course, it was the first time I've ever seen you jump a seven-foot fence. <laughs> I didn't think I could fool you. That thing, whatever it was, scared the, the daylights out of me. I was plenty scared myself. I can't figure out those bagpipes. No, and then what about the ghost? Oh, oh, well, yes, of course, the ghost, too. Harriet, what are you stuffing behind the sofa pillow? Oh, nothing, dear, just some old papers and things. Wait a minute, let me see that. It's an only an old sheet. Well, you'll get the couch dirty. It's got cobwebs. Uh, cobwebs! How about a little more coffee? And there's Ricky's baseball bat, the one I... Harriet, if you'd like to make a little confession, I'll listen. But if you'd rather not, I'd rather you would. All right, dear. Just the boys and I thought it'd be nice if you could have a little fun on Halloween. You told them how much you enjoyed going to some haunted house. So we thought that if we could sort of... Ozzy, listen. I'm listening. Go on. No, listen. The bagpipes. Yeah. I hear the bagpipes again. So do I. Hey, Pop, can we have a dime? Boys, listen, listen. 
Do you hear bagpipes playing? Sure, that's what we're on the dining floor. He's out front now. Who's out front? Mr. Campbell, the man with the scotch flat ice cream truck. The scotch flat ice cream truck? Well, sure, haven't you ever seen him? Can we have a dime, Pop? A dime? Here, here's 50 cents. Stuff yourselves. Thanks, Pop. Oh, boy. Hurry up, baby. How about that? The, the, the bagpipes we heard at the McAdams place were from the scotch plant ice cream truck. What a coincidence. <laughs> oh, remarkable. You see, the, the scotch plant ice cream truck happened to, to stop there. See, there are no other houses around, and nobody lives there, but he happened to stop there. Played a different tune up there, too, didn't he? I don't remember. Harriet, believe me, it was only the scotch plaid ice cream truck. Yes, I know, dear. I'll say it just once more. The bagpipes we heard at the McAdams place were from the scotch plaid ice cream truck. Okay, dear, you've convinced me. I wish I could convince myself. I'd like to get some sleep tonight. Just a moment. Well, I don't know how you feel about it, but I kind of hope the bagpipe music didn't come from the Scotch plaid ice cream truck. Because that's the way Halloween ought to be. Lots of mysterious tapping at every window. Witches riding through the air. Spirits in every tree. I've already had a message from the Halloween spirits, Mr. Smith. Last night on my way down Rogers Road, a voice spoke to me suddenly out of nowhere. Honest? What did it say? Beware. If you don't give us a special treat on Halloween, we'll spirit your new set of 1847 Rogers Brothers away from you. Beware. Hey, now, there's a smart ghost if there ever was one. (laughs) You mean I have a smart son if there ever was one. He hasn't heard me raving about my new 1847 Rogers Brothers for nothing. Oh, nobody raves about 1847 Rogers Brothers for nothing. There are all kinds of good reasons for getting excited about it. 1847 is the finest silver plate in America, you know. No other silver plate in the world can match its beautiful features. Features like the exceptional height and depth of the pattern ornament and the extra luster, perfect weight and balance of each piece. Those are the features that make 1847 Rogers Brothers really more like solid silver. And don't forget the price of 1847 Rogers Brothers, Mr. Smith. Oh, impossible to forget that because it's so unusual. 1847 prices haven't gone up since 1945. Not a single penny. So, no matter how you look at it, 1847 Rogers Brothers is the silverware you want for your home. It's the best, the finest silver plate in America. Famous 1847 Rogers Brothers. Oh, come on, dear. Put out the light. Let's go to sleep. Uh, In a few minutes, Harriet, I... Just want to finish this article. Debunking the spook. Debunking the spook? Yeah, the man who wrote it spent the night in a house that was supposed to be haunted. As I sat there in the darkness, I could hear the clock in the village striking twelve. Now was the witching hour. If ever the dead lived, now was the time they must rise from the grave. I stood up and dared the ghost to appear. I said, if you were a ghost, I dare you to strike me dead. (laughs) Silly article. What happened next? 
Well, then, let's see. He goes on to... Yes? The article ends right there. (laughs) Oh, come on, dear. I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. You know what might be fun? Let's sleep with the lights on tonight. to another adventure of Ozzie and Harriet, starring Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. And remember, America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. Yes, Harriet, America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. Appearing in support of Ozzie and Harriet were John Brown, Janet Waldo, Henry Blair, Tommy Bernard, and Jack Kirkwood. Original music was composed and conducted by Billy May. This program originates in the Hollywood studios of the National Broadcasting Company and is also broadcast over the Trans-Canada Network of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. This adventure of Ozzie and Harriet will be transmitted to our men and women overseas by shortwave and through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. The candles are coming. No, Lord McTavish. Ozzy. It's a ghost. Ozzy, wake up. What's a racket, Mom? Daddy's having a nightmare. Is that what he's doing? That noise really scared us. Well, it frightened me, too. Okay, now we're even. All right, that was Ozzy and Harriet. That brings us to the end of this episode and the end of Halloween month on Yesterday Today. I don't know about you, Jake, but I, for one, am... Kind of glad to see Halloween month go from getting lost in a corn maze to Sydney shoving cameras and microphones into our faces and to Sydney pretending to be possessed and now to Willie making Sydney. Well, I wasn't pretending. I, I tell you what, that was a real ghost. And oh boy, I'm glad he's gone. I can finally get back to a normal life. I don't have to live in fear and, and dread. I don't have to be held captive and uh, under the under the weight of the of the crushing evil spirit possessing my body. I don't know, Sydney. You seem pretty chill about the whole thing. If I'm, if I'm being honest, I can finally be. I can finally be free. I, I don't have to live with this this evil oppressive spirit controlling my my every move, my every whim. Oh, oh, sweet sweet freedom, fellas. Sweet freedom. Well, anyway, gotta get back to my janitorial work, or the boss will fire me. So. All right. Well, now, now look how happy he is. See, that was a service rendered by yours truly, Willie. Wasn't that nice? Yes, yes, Willie. You really, uh, you really put Sydney's Sydney's soul at at peace there. Um, so, are you gonna hang around here any at longer? Most at most, I can or? credit you with a very good uh, placebo effect. I think. Well, now, now, why are you why are you opening that door so so invitationally? I. Uh... Willie, I'd like you to note the very clear path we've made in between you and this open door. You see, there's nothing obstructing, nothing obstructing your your movement as you as you leave this room. Y'all got indoor heating. I have two cans of clam chowder here. Granted, they are the expired ones, so as long as you don't spend an office chair too many times, you should be fine. But they are yours if you will... Consider it a trick or a tree, I don't care. Did I ever tell you who puts those expiration dates on the food? Because if I haven't told you, let me tell you. It'll only take me about, oh, oh three hours or so. So you see, the no, expiration no, 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 dates no, 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 are actually... Mondo, oh, Mondo, here, boy! Oh, not Mondo! Oh, 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 hang on, oh, hang on. Oh, 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 oh hey, oh, it's oh, Mr. Witty! Me remember Mr. Witty? Me oh, chucked oh, you out the window last time he saw you. <laughs> Do you think, Mondo, you could possibly do that again, or... 
Hey, Mr. Weirdy, wanna go for no, a ride? No, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. I, oh. I know what I wanted. I'll see you fellas later, maybe. But, but me haven't uh. chucked anyone out the window in, in such a long time. Oh. Sorry, sorry, Mondo. Maybe, maybe next time. Can, can me chuck you out the window? Uh, there's this big bowl of candy here that no one has eaten. Can me chuck that out the window? I kind of figured you'd eat it, but if you, if it's yours to do with what you will. <laughs> Can we at least open the window for oh. Well, never mind then. It's a Halloween miracle, Jake. Oh. Instead of hubcaps, it's raining candy. <laughs> why, why, why it smell like old clam chowder in here? Making me hungry. Gosh. Maybe it's a good thing we the window's broken. We can air this place out. Yeah. Anyway, until next time. This has been yesterday today, folks. Uh, yeah, it smells in here. Gosh. <laughs>